Applebee's is not gonna pay to fix your fucked up pussy. Karen, I'm gonna shit in a box and put it outside. If he punches you, he's going to kill you. I'm so mad. Let's get her ready to be punny. You're so ugly. Punched him a bunch of times. I said, say my name. What's up, dabblers? Welcome to People Time Podcast, where we do all the things with people in history and we give you all the details. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. This is what we do uh, every other week now. Yeah, if you're a first-time listener... We have a different name every episode. They're always you dabbler, and so uh, we usually go into a little bit of detail, give a fun fact, and then we jump into the episode of the person of topic into history and uh, perversion. You get to learn and laugh at our dumbass jokes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, if you laugh, hopefully. I mean, that hope. I hope. Yeah, you hope. can laugh at us, even if it's not a joke. She's like, that was stupid. Yeah, if we're the Dumb. joke, that's equally. I'm that's fine with the, that. The point. Yeah. I feel like these jackasses are awful. But I'm learning history, so okay. We try to be as accurate as possible. We do a shit ton of research. Tons. So that way you don't have to. Then we put it all together nicely so that way you can listen. Oh, what a package. Cute. Man, I think that if this were a pay-for service, thousands of dollars. Oh, man. Easily. Easily. But we love you, so we give it to you for free. We don't even advertise things except for our own shit. We we advertise our show and our keychain. Yeah. Which is available exclusively at the Vatican gift shop. Yep. Um, so if you're there, pick them up. We also are taking contributions to buy the rights to the phrase, That's So Raven, mm-hmm. uh, which we need the money for because we have a, an intern now to help us with our research and to grab me a beer when I run out of a beer. It's uh, Prince Harry, who apparently is unemployed. I found him on Craigslist. Nice. So, uh, Harry, Harry. He's terrible. He doesn't listen to anything. No. But he's, he acts like he's so... He always brings me the wrong coffee. He's an idiot. Yeah. All I need him to do is open beer and make coffee. Yeah. And do all my research. And he can't do anything. And then presents it on the episode. Where is he? Not here. Harry! See? All right, well, whatever. I think he's outside the bunk, uh, the people time bunker. Yeah. Hitting on uh, our security. (laughs) Idiot. He's an idiot. (laughs) Honestly, I don't know what kind of uh, education they put the royals through. I'm not impressed. What? What's your name? Oh, I'm Matthew McConaughey's spirit animal. Oh, nice. Yeah. That's cute. Yeah, I'm some kind of mixture of uh, an owl and a dolphin, and he often calls on me for advice during for health. His... Yeah, you know, when he's like, I'm going to be on Jimmy Kimmel to do a demonstration about how to not give a shit about anything and wear a mask. He's like, I need my spirit animal, and he, he calls me into existence. Can you help him? No. <laughs> no. No, that's why he's such a weirdo. Oh, I really he calls on to you and he like just doesn't take your advice. He's like, "Oh, that's nice." No, I'm gonna do other things instead. Well, usually I'm pretty stoned, and so I'm like, <laughs> "Do whatever, dude. This is funny. This is awesome." You know, I didn't exist. Maybe he does listen to you before you called me into existence. So this oh. is just strange. All right, all right, all right. Yeah, man, you and me. And then he does his thing, and I disappear into the ether until I'm called on again. Nice. He called on me to be part of this episode, so thanks, Matt. Man. Strange man. <laughs> I'm great at giving advice over a bongo circle, a drum circle. Is there a better way? Not that I can think of. Yeah. Given my owl dolphin language. Ah! Tweet. <laughs> Ho- oh, hoot hoot. <laughs> Who are you? Uh, I'm Diarrhea Bob. Damn, Bob. You're straight up about it. Yeah. 
it's uh it's a problem but i i work with it so make it fun is what i try to do sometimes you just gotta incorporate that stuff in your life and make it fun um are you made of diarrhea or you just can't not diarrhea or some version of that no i just am constantly diarrhea diarrhea in diarrhea like right now oh yeah wow just filling up bottles and boxes and toilets Wow. And then I put them in packages, so that way when the thief comes to steal my package off the front door, diarrhea. That's a great idea. Yeah. Fill an Amazon box full of diarrhea and just leave it there. There you go. You can have that. Have have the diarrhea at the bottom, and then packing peanuts on top, so they have to dig into it. And this is contagious. Once you get this kind of diarrhea, you now have constant diarrhea, so. Yeah, and COVID-19. Probably. Doctors don't know how to stop it. Nope. They're like, we just call it the, the diarrhea pandemic. Mm. that started in Salt Lake City from a package, and we don't even know. Yeah. This kid this kid is just shitting his brains out now. Poop box. And he's like, ah, man, I thought I was going to get an iPhone from this package. I got hepatitis. So dehydrated. <laughs> help. <laughs> Send help. And the doctor's like, there's not enough. Get like, right for don't you. Don't worry, I'll order you, I'll order you a package of water, and then I'll steal it off your front porch, <laughs> you dick. It'll be a box of Imodium, and then I'm going to steal it. Yeah, someone stole one of my packages. That's what's going on. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm yeah. done. I'm done. Uh, Bob? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, is very upset about that. Which is fair. Package stealers are the scum of the earth. Yeah. Dicks. Don't steal because it might be fucking medicine for an old lady who is forgetful and only remembers when it arrives. So yeah. Don't be an asshole. If you steal that, put that back. You can steal my Izzy drinks that I ordered. Fine. It's $20. I don't give a mm. shit. But if you get a fucking penicillin... Fucking go put it back. You don't know what's in that box. I mean, that's the problem is that that means you don't know that's also something not stupid and not worth the felony or whatever it is. Yeah. I doubt it's a felony, but... I think fucking with other people's mail is a felony. It's a federal offense. Actually, I think you're right. Yeah. Because I get uh, letters for people who used to live at my house, and I throw them away, and then I go, I'm a criminal. <laughs> I don't give a shit. They don't live there. <laughs> I take their packages, too. But there's always full of shit. <laughs> Do you have a fun fact for us today? Yep. What you got? You know yard gnomes? Garden gnomes. Yeah. Those are little ceramic shitty things that you buy at Kohl's or whatever. Yeah, they're weird. So I'm hope my yard is shit, but I'm hoping uh, to, once I get it all cleaned up, I'm going to have a, just a grip of yard gnomes. It's just like a whole bunch of them? I like them. I think they're fun. They're kitschy. I want. I want. I've seen ones where they like are mooning people or flipping people off, and I want to put that in the front yard. Yeah, of course. Um, this is for your children mm-hmm. when you walk by. Because fuck your kids. Having a nice Sunday walk, and uh, what is that? Is that gnome got his dick out? Is he masturbating <laughs> and making eye contact with me? And he's following me. I don't think that's ceramic. That, that's the man that lives there. <laughs> And I'm like, hello, I'm a gnome. <laughs> Good looking kids. Actually, I do have a lot of neighbors with kids, so I might not do that. Like the gnome with his dick out, but I also might still, because fuck your kids. <laughs> I don't just, I don't care about your kids. <laughs> but uh, garden gnomes have a weird history. Have you ever thought about where they come from? No, but they kind of have like a, uh, I want to say it's like Swedish or like Feels Norwegian like or something. Yeah. I don't know. Beard and a pointy hat. We're just like... From up north, I guess. Uh, what are they? What is the origin? It's weird. So in 1800s or the 19th century in England, which they called Georgian because they they had King George. Oh, yeah. I don't know what the fuck this means, but there was a culture. The tyrant King George? The one that we fought in this in yeah. the Revolutionary oh, same, War? Yeah. Same George. Maybe he was such a dick that 
there was like a cultural thing for the you know uh, higher end richer english people that they embraced what historians now call the period of melancholy what yeah it was just depression like being depressed and being overly um thoughtful about death and the shortness of life was like a thing like rich people would get around and talk about these existential things and it would be like oh, oh, oh. i guess that's all right that's weird and cool i don't know yeah they're being philosophical in a way i guess yeah, you, gotta, you gotta explore all sides but yeah. somebody at some point and no one's sure how hired a homeless man to live in his backyard and represent that feeling that feeling of <laughs> what of just gotta look at my back window. There, you, yeah. There That's it is. literally what happened. So this is life, and that's death, and coming around the corner sometime. Look at that shitty old beard. He's so old. I'm gonna die. And that guy just got paid <sighs> to just do that. What a weird thing. Yeah, they called them. Seems very demeaning. It is very demeaning. What whatever they were doing was very demeaning. They called them ornamental hermits. So Yikes. this trend took off where it was a symbol of your prosperity, like how rich you are that you can afford to have the land and pay for the guy so there's that part of it but then it's also he represents this worldview of we're all going to waste away and it was literally a dude who lived in a shack in your backyard and like, you hello you didn't give him things other than absolute essentials and he had to look like shit that was like the point of it is to make people was this fairly common or was it kind of more mild it was common enough that people started to replicate it with ceramic hermits who became your run-of-the-mill garden gnome. And now, today, we look at garden gnomes like they're these... They're cute. Cute, weird, cheeky yeah. things. And then now, back then, though, it's like... <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I don't fuck? even know... Because these are human people. So, from the article that I found this on, this is a, a quote from somebody put in a newspaper. They were seeking a hermit. They said, This hermit shall be provided with a Bible... Optical glasses, a mat for his feet. Bible's important. That's that's got to have that. Yeah, actually, I read in here that often that was the only possession they were allowed to have was a Bible. <laughs> um, gotta have Jesus. They can have a pillow and an hourglass. They can have water, and they have their own little shack, and then food from the house. But they have to wear a robe, and never cut their hair or their beard or their nails, and they have to stay within the limits of uh, of the dude's. Grounds. All right, I want this job. If, if my shack can have my things inside the shack. Actually, it kind of sounds nice. I'll be like, it, it's just a Bible in there. Don't go in there. It's my shack. But then I've got a bunch of other stuff. But I'll go out there. I'll grow a beard. Yeah. I already got one. So I'll just. You just let it go. All the gross and. But you can't cut your fingernails. At least according to this, what this dude wants. That's gross. Yeah, I would never not cut my fingernails. I would, I would stop bathing and stop cutting my hair. But I'm always going to cut my fingernails. Yeah. That's. That's the line. And yeah. give, give me something other than the Bible. At least at least a John Grisham. Just one. <laughs> John Grisham. Give me my Grisham. <laughs> I'll just read it over and over again. But it's weird. So they would have parties, house parties, garden parties. And people would come and sit around and get drunk and eat whatever the English higher-end people eat. Probably really whatever a crumpet is. <laughs> and they would just the stare at this dude. And the owner would either say, you can only talk to people about the Bible and death, or you can't speak to them at all. And so this real human being who was a homeless like a week ago just stands there and represents death to your party guests. What a weird fucking thing. Like, this is too weird for Dude, my brain to think about. I thought... What the fuck? Because I wanted some yard gnomes. Got curious. I thought it was like a... 
you know, people believe in elves and shit. Yeah. I thought that, yeah, it was just like a cutesy way of representing elves in your yard. They're looking over your garden, your grass, whatever. Or whatever. whatever elves do. They have yeah. tea parties and shit. And that's what I thought it was. But no, it's, they used to be real fucking dudes. <laughs> oh my God. Living in an ugly shack and everything about them is ugly. It has to be. It has to represent that gothic melancholy. This is a good fun fact. This is one of those ones where you, yeah, you hear it and you're like, people did this. Yeah. This is real life. You don't have to believe me. Uh, you know, like LeVar Burton says, look that shit up, dick. I think that's what LeVar says, isn't he? Uh, who's that? The rainbow reading guy. Oh, yeah, say, yeah. Don't take my word for it. Jordy. Look it up, motherfucker. That's what he used to say on his show. Yeah, I remember. He'd point right, yeah, at the, you... right at the camera and be like, look it up, motherfucker. You little bitch. Yeah, <laughs> I remember. Yeah. Your shitty diaper, your little crying ass. Hey, I know your parents are in here because PBS is on and this is awful. Reading It's just rainbow. you and me. Read my ass. <laughs> And then he leaves. <laughs> I love him. He's so nice. I actually, I love LeVar Burton. Yeah. I couldn't find anything about the gnomes themselves. I wanted one of them to write a book or have a quote about their life, but I couldn't find anything. I think they probably uh, were not allowed. I would or imagine they had write. mental disabilities of some kind. You know, they were homeless yeah. or something. Fucking weird. Huh. Well, that's your fun fact, if that's fun, if not depressing. I hope that comes back around again. Comes in fashion. Get yourself a homeless guy in your backyard. Don't worry about thinking about, you know, how you're treating them. and the, You're feeding them. How demeaning it is. You gave them a Bible? What else does a man need? <laughs> <laughs> well, fuck. Uh, today. What is today? We are learning about Muhammad Ali. Oh, boy. The people's champ. Uh, let's see. Dance like a butterfly, sting like a bee. Bam. I know that. I know he burned his draft card or mm. avoided the draft. Yeah. There we go. Okay. And he had Alzheimer's. No. No. Par- yeah. Parkinson's. MS. Park- Parkinson's disease. Oh, it's what... Uh... Michael J. Fox. Right. They actually know each other and uh, knew each other and friends. So, yeah. I love Michael J. Fox. Me too. That dude is awesome. While you deliver this episode, I'm going to draw pictures of Muhammad. Nice. Uh, and put them on our Instagram. Perfect. Martha Stewart and Prince Harry are in charge of our security, so I'm not worried about We're jihadists. Fine. Yeah. No, I think there's still a few straggling popples out there who might us out too, so. Um, oh, yeah. We've kind of befriended them, so. All Muslims who are who are dabblers, love you. You're great. You're amazing. Yeah. Jihadists, jump up your own ass. I'm going to draw a picture of Muhammad. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to get into uh, Muslims uh, with this topic as well. Excellent. I don't know, and, and we should probably say this is not one person's request, right? This is oh, like... multiple people. By popular demand, we've had multiple people request Muhammad Ali. Yes. Many times over. A lot of times people will send us a message that's several names. Often the names are Hitler, uh, and Muhammad Ali is on there a lot yep. as well. So, Muhammad Ali, though. So, Muhammad Ali, I'll just give a little bit more of a synopsis of some kind. So, he's known for being one of the greatest boxers in history. Yeah. He also won the Olympic gold medal for boxing and was the first boxer ever to take the heavyweight title three times. Mm. Was a huge influence and activist for the civil rights movement, black equality, and social injustices. And he also defied the U.S. government by resisting the draft, as you had mentioned, for the Vietnam War. Fuck Vietnam and fuck the U.S. government. And he's kind of known for being a little bit of a poet. Very charismatic, extremely. And you say a poet? Very funny. Yeah, it's kind of, I would say, loosely thrown around. But okay. But he liked to rhyme a lot. A I, lot, a lot. This is ringing bells for me. You know, I'm a huge rap fan. Um, I don't remember which hip-hop documentary I saw it from, but somebody was talking about how his 
way of speaking and rhyming yep. influenced what became rap. It's funny because I at think least a little bit. Technically, the hip hop scene started kind of in the seventies, but he actually did spoken verses over music. Oh shit! Muhammad did, and like you could loosely say it was somewhat of a hip hop movement. Whoa! Especially because he was very big into talking about his achievements yeah. and talking shit on his opponents and stuff. Damn. So it's like kind of what you kind of hear a little bit on so, hip-hop today. Uh, people time hot take, the first rapper ever is Muhammad Ali. <laughs> kind of. It's not It's not Curtis Blow or, or the Furious Five, as you would see on Wikipedia. Loosely based, yeah. Loose, loosely, but true. Yeah. Take that shit to the bank. Well, let's go ahead and dive into it. Muhammad's father was named Cassius Marcellus Clay Sr. Oh, yeah, yeah. Who was actually named after a Republican politician. He was a dedicated abolitionist, and he worked to try to end slavery back in the 1800s. Dan his dad? No, no, no. Oh, That's sorry. who his dad was named after, was this politician. Okay, all right. So his dad was named after that guy in kind of honor of this guy who was trying to help cool. remove slavery. Yeah, 1800s Republicans were were cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, for they, sure. They were more representative. That's who uh, Muhammad's father was named after. He was a uh, a painter. He would paint signs and billboards around the city. That's what his job was. And he was a Methodist. His mother, Muhammad's mother, was Odessa O'Grady Clay. And she was a domestic helper. So she would go, she'd be hired on to go to other people's houses and housekeep, take care of the kids, make food. It's The Help. Yeah, that, pretty much. That movie, The Help. I haven't seen it, but. It's great. J-Lo? No, I can't remember her name. It's that really cute girl that act that helps a lot. Well, what bothers me about that movie is it has a bit of a white savior angle to Lame. it, which I'm not gonna watch it now. But no, there are some very strong protagonists who are black women, and one of them uh, gets disenfranchised with being the help for this lady because this lady is a brat, mm. and she cooks her a shit pie. Real? Uh, well, at least in the movie. I don't know what it's based on. I don't think it's real, but. Huh. The lady doesn't know that it's shit, and she eats it. And then the lady tells her, she's like, you just ate my shit. That's funny. Uh, it's one of the greater things in American cinema ever. <laughs> <laughs> Diarrhea Bob uh, Bruce. <laughs> Diarrhea Bob could help, man. He could open yeah. up a, uh, a whole bakery. Yeah, I'll do it like <laughs> Sweeney Todd, but diarrhea, not people. people. You know what? And Sweeney Todd only killed people because he wanted to keep his business up. Diarrhea Bob is a bottomless source. I, yeah, you got to use this for something. God, we would make... So much money. Fuck. Well, Odessa was Baptist. So between Muhammad's parents, they were very Christian-based. Cool. Methodist, Baptist. Um, they were raised Baptist. And, Where are uh, they at? Louisville, Kentucky. Okay, yeah. So Kentucky in the South, Methodist, black. It's pretty typical, I think. Yep. And yeah. they had two kids. Muhammad was the oldest. And then Muhammad had a younger brother. His name is Cassius, isn't it? So yeah, you're correct. Um, Muhammad Ali... Who was born Cassius, and as all our dabblers know who've listened to all of our episodes, you change your name. You gotta. Only when you're badass as fuck. When you're gonna change the world, you change your name. Yeah. Last episode, uh, Hanny Shaft, not her real name. Yeah. Badass. Badass. Everybody else that we've done. <laughs> Martin Luther King Jr. is not Martin so Luther King Jr. Michael. Yeah, that's not his real name. Harriet Tubman. Lots of people. Yeah. Change your goddamn name if you want to be cool as fuck. Yeah. Or or shitty like Typhoid Mary, she she didn't choose that title. She was just shitty as a person like and shit on literally. Her hands. Yeah, everywhere she went, she just smeared her shit everywhere. Gross, all over New York. I can't blame her. I don't believe to stand on. I'm just diarrhea and all over. So yeah, but you're not spreading 
disease in packages sometimes if you steal off my door. Don't steal packages. Then Step, you, yeah. you won't get hepatitis. <laughs> <laughs> That's on you. So going into his early life, Muhammad was born June 3rd of 1942, like I said, in Louisville, Kentucky. Cool. So we're talking about World War II uh, has already been going on. The U.S. hasn't quite entered it, but they are going to in a couple of months. Mm. So that's where we're at time frame wise. Right before Pearl Harbor. Well, so like 11 months before Pearl Harbor. Yeah, well, so June was 3rd, born. We, we entered the war in September. Oh, June. I'm sorry. I'm looking at so, your notes. I thought. Quit I, looking at my notes. Jay, I thought it was January. So, so peeping less Tom. Less than six months. <laughs> Keep your peepers off my Tom. Well, as Matthew McConaughey's spirit animal, I'm, I'm used to just snooping around. No, all right, I, I forgive you. Yeah. Muhammad's younger brother was Raman Ali. They're pretty close as far as age goes, and both of them are actually boxers. I won't go too much in Raman that much uh, in this episode, but mm, he, yeah. He lost to uh, Marzipan. Who's Marzipan? He's the cheaper Raman. <clears throat> oh, nice. It's the, it's the Raman I buy. There's a cheaper version of Raman? <laughs> if you buy Top Raman, is more expensive than Maruchan Raman. It is? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. No, it's like, it tastes the same, right? Yeah, I don't see a difference. I buy Mario Chan. Whatever. That's yeah. why. That's why he's not famous. <laughs> yeah. Well, and Brahman is actually also not his real name. He changed his name as well. It was Rudolph Clay, Rudy. <laughs> Rudolph. Yeah. But he changed his name like Muhammad Ali does. Rudy. And for the sake of this episode, I'm going to call Muhammad Muhammad. I think it's just who's best known rather than Cassius. But well, he, he does keep it for a while. Cassius, he goes by for. Um, you know, his first 20 years. That's what he preferred to go by, Muhammad, for the rest of his life. So, yeah, let's call him that. Yeah. Muhammad was originally named after his father, so he was Cassius Marcellus Clay Jr. Mm. So, Muhammad, when he was younger, he has dyslexia. So Bummer. He kind of struggled with reading and writing in school and really throughout most of his life. However, he was actually really well-spoken, we'll find out, as he gets older. But, yeah, he was dyslexic. We've done some other dyslexics. That seems to be a theme as well. Yeah. I think um, dyslexics are not learning disabled the way you would think of a person who's learning disabled. Their brain just doesn't process symbols correctly. So I think they often feel like I need to prove something. Because they're like, I know I'm as smart or smarter than the rest of you motherfuckers. I just can't read as well. Yeah. So they often try really hard to prove themselves. That's a theme I've picked up from this show. Maybe so. Our, sorry, program. Program. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You go, Muhammad. You can't write it, but you, <laughs> <laughs> you go. I think you could write it. Yeah, I think yeah. He's you can write it. He can write his own name. It's not, it's not like uh, on uh, Always Sunny when he well, there's Charlie no... calls himself Trundle. <laughs> <laughs> See, I signed it, Trundle. <laughs> like, I used to go by Trundle. Like, no, you started going by Trundle after you wrote your name out. I just love you were trying to write Charlie when you wrote Trundle. <laughs> I just love that. No, I'm King, Dr- I'm King Trundle. So, Muhammad, he attended a central high school in Louisville, Kentucky. This is during the time frame of deep segregation and mm. the shit Jim Crow laws. So, uh, racist South. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Racist everywhere. I mean, it's it's Man. the 50s and 60s. We're talking about civil rights movements. We're talking about... Damn. We've gone over a lot of this in our MLK episode, which I highly recommend anyone to go listen to if Check you it haven't out. already. Pause the episode. Go back. Welcome back. All right, perfect. So now you know everything. Yeah, so black people can't eat at the same restaurants, drinking fountains, different schools, the whole thing right down the middle. Mm. Segregation's bullshit. And the likelihood if you're black, you're going to get killed by the police now. Back then, I don't even think it was a question. Oh, yeah, no. No, they just they just murdered them. Yeah, pretty much. 
Kind of like Emmett Till didn't do anything. We're going to uh, talk about that here in a second. It was a typical... Just briefly, I'm sorry. I know it's depressing as fuck. Mm. All right. Well, when Muhammad learned about the murder of young Emmett Till... Oh, wow. Yeah. In your notes. Look at that. Yeah. Muhammad and a friend took some of their frustration out by vandalizing a local train yard when he was about 12 years old. You know, he's 12. He can't do a whole lot. Got some frustrations. That's all obviously bullshit with what happened with Emmett Till. Just breaks something, man. Because yeah. Emmett was about that age. Yeah. So Muhammad was probably like, fuck all this. Yeah. Yeah, that's bullshit. And he was, like everybody, you know, in the black community, deeply disturbed by how black people were treated, obviously. I mean, it should go without saying. Mm. He was trying to find a way to be able to one day hopefully try to make those kinds of changes. And you kind of see that early on in his life where he's going like, this isn't fair. They should be equality. And we'll start to see that come out later on. You go. He also starts his boxing career really early on at about the age of 12. He's kind of a fiery kid. Yeah. That's well, good. the reason why, it's kind of a fun story. When he was 12, he got a brand new red and white Schwinn bicycle, which Ooh. he loved. Sure. Because he, he was brought up uh, not poor. Obviously, being black during this time frame is still not uh, going to give you a whole lot of benefits, but they were okay. His parents made sure they always had food on the table. They were very loving and nurturing. Well, his dad works for the city, right? So that's uh, got to be okay. Um, maybe not the city, but yeah, he's he's got a good job where he's going around and painting advertisements for people and Sweet. stuff. Got a good gig. So one day while he was riding his bike around, Muhammad left it standing next to a building because he was going into a shop to get some candy. Oh, and no. when he came back out, his bike was gone. Someone had stolen it. This is the... Oh, my God. Yeah. Honestly, like that little vignette you just told it breaks my heart. Right? Like a child year old. loves his bike, just wanted to buy some candy. He's having a great fucking day. Yeah. He walks outside, bike gone. Heart explodes. Yeah. I've been that kid. That's awful. And so what happened was... I would become a boxer, too, if I were not a hobbit. Well, and this is why, why he becomes a boxer, because he was so angry that he wanted to go beat up the person who stole his bike. God, I'm going to shit in a box. So he... Put it outside. <laughs> <laughs> so he, he heard that there was a police officer who was actually in the basement of the building that he was nearby, and so he went to go, like, give a report. He's like, my bike just got stolen, and... <laughs> The police officer's like, okay, you know, we'll try to make a report of it and everything. And he says, and if I get my hands on him, I'm going to whoop him. And the police officer happened to be a boxing trainer. Oh. And the basement he was in was the ring that he had, you know, a little boxing gym. And so he said, you know, you can't go start fights if you don't know how to fight. Maybe you should learn how to fight first. That's a cool cop. Yeah. Well, he's not like, son, that's a felony. He's like, no, let me show you how to <laughs> me show you his how to, ass. Yeah, you got to punch him. You got to punch him right, right? That's awesome. So he takes him under his wing, and uh, the officer's name is Joe Martin. And I bring this up because he kind of gets a lot of praise because he's a white officer. And even though Muhammad, even at a young age like this, he kind of bounced around to multiple trainers, but he kind of gets the limelight because it was a feel-good story. It is. White police officer helps young black boy take him under his wing. Teaches them how to box. It's yeah. cute. It's nice. It is nice. But Muhammad did have other trainers even like between the ages of 12 and 15. I, w- I mean, I would say that like Mike Tyson, Muhammad uh, by no act of his own was born an athlete. He was born a fighter. Yeah. So if this cop had not taken him under his wing, Muhammad probably would have figured it out or found somebody else. Maybe. Yeah. So good on him. Hell yeah. But I won't, I'm not going to celebrate him that much. <laughs> I mean, he was, he was somebody like a nice would have enough person. It. I do love that story that he's like, yeah, dude, you do want to kick his ass. Let me show you how to kick ass. Yeah. That is cool. So Muhammad does agree to take boxing lessons, and 
only in six weeks, at 89 pounds, 12 years old, <laughs> Muhammad entered into a boxing fight and won his first match. And what, already showing great up promise. A four-year-old? How do you? Another twelve-year-old? I don't know. That is awesome. Yeah. Because that poor twelve-year-old had a bad day. Yeah. How do you? How do you grow up being like the only claim to fame you have is like I'm the first person who got beat the shit out of by, by Muhammad. Muhammad. <laughs> <laughs> you know that might be an honor. Be like he beat the shit out of a lot of people, and so he broke my nose. It's a. It's a you want to see the? You want to see how fucked up my nose is? Look at this. Yeah. And Muhammad broke this. Yeah. Huh? You know. People's champ, you know what I'm saying? Come on. And he's just talking to himself in a bar. Or to a lady who's like, I don't care. Wow, so can you hook me up with Muhammad? Or he's gorgeous. Are you just gonna keep talking? <laughs> nah, he I'm touched just... my face very hard. Why are you not impressed? He touched me violently. <laughs> so Muhammad would train under other people. Uh, another person that he trained under was Fred Stoner. And he doesn't get quite as much attention. He was a black trainer. Like I said, a lot of it gets kind of credited to the first, you know, the officer. White savior. Yeah. White savior narrative. Reject it. Uh, Muhammad is also known for having a lot of confidence, even this early on. He would go around and talk to people, telling them that he would one day be the world champ, even at a young <laughs> age like this. Fuck yeah. Yeah. He's a little shit talker. It just poured out of him, the confidence. And it kind of rubbed people, some of them, the wrong way. However, he was able to back it up quite well. Yes. Kind of kept on fighting and training and winning these kind of amateur fights. And he used a lot of it for his psychological attacks against people. He would get in people's heads. He enjoyed that. Fuck yeah. Oh yeah. Half of the fight is in the head, man. Oh yeah. Yeah. And he was good at it. I mean, Which... you look a person in the face and be like, I'm going to fuck you. And they're like, what? <laughs> like, yep. Dude, Mike Tyson did the same kind of shit. Like, oh yeah. I'm going to rape you and stuff. I'm well, going to put my dick in you. And you're like, oh my God, please don't. I know a lot about Mike. He's not, he's a fun, <laughs> cartoonish man. And we all love to watch him, but he is a crazy person. Yeah. As a fighter, holy shit. As a person. Oh, don't fuck with him. He's a little odd. It's funny because I'm not really a big boxer guy, but after doing Muhammad Ali and I watched a lot of Muhammad's fights because they're fucking entertaining. Hell even yeah. Even as somebody who doesn't really follow boxing of any kind, but I yeah. might have to start watching a little bit more. I used to actually be very meh. So sometimes we have boxing fights at friend's house we all go to and I'm there for the food. I'm like, oh my God, this is where they get out all the cheese and all the fucking salsa. <laughs> and like, oh, this is going to be a good time. Well, you like watching dudes get all machismo. Like, yeah. I'm not a very machismo dude, but I like watching dudes get machismo. <laughs> oh, so good. Because I, I do that too. But So Muhammad wasn't just talk. I mean, he, w he went in and won six Kentucky Golden Glove titles. These are all kind of amateur stuff still, but Sweet. he's working his way up. Two National Golden Glove titles. And the Amateur Athletic Union Nation title. And he's like 16 or something? Yeah, he's in his teenagers, Damn. teenage years. His amateur record was 100 wins with only five losses. So Shit. he's cleaning up. Did his dad fight? Where? Nah. He's just born an athlete. I think he, I think his brain just was like, I know how this works and could do it. And then his body was obviously fucking Damn. in shape to do it also. Yeah. That's like Einstein with relativity. It just made sense. Yeah. And Muhammad was just like punching people in the face. It just makes sense. It's weird how much strategy and tactics and techniques are used in boxing. Matter of fact, one of my favorite things to do to piss off your brother is to tell him that there is no tactics because I know it makes him angry and he'll get upset and that's funny to me. He is a very big fan of boxing. So I'll be like, you just swing and punch. What are you talking about? You don't have to think. think <laughs> Block and punch. And then he goes... I think a lot of people think that about boxing. No, there's a lot that goes into it. It's there's weird. A, there's a lot involved. I mean, watch uh, Floyd Mayweather. Watch the way that he fights. It's um, He's a terrible man. 
But yeah. as an athlete, he is a work of art. It's yeah. like poetry watching him fight. Yeah. I and think people would say the same thing about Muhammad. I would imagine. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I'm less versed in him. I'm more caught up on the newer shit. Oh, yeah. But yeah, my brother loses his fucking mind if you say shit like that. Yeah, it's funny to me too. Well, it's the same thing. You just tell people like, basketball's stupid. They just throw a ball in a hoop. Yeah. Uh. And then watch them get angry. Yeah, you say that to me and I will burn your house down. Don't burn my house down. <laughs> This is the bunker. Not yours. Whoever says it. <laughs> Anybody. Your house. Yours. <laughs> well, when, Ma- when when Muhammad was 18 years old, we have uh, John F. Kennedy's running for president in 1960. Right. And uh, Muhammad wins the U.S. Olympic trials to Ooh. allow him to go compete in the Olympics. Fuck yeah. And he goes on to take the light heavyweight championship in Rome during the Summer Olympics, receiving the gold medal. In the Olympics. In the Olympics. Damn. This is how good he is. He's 18 years old. He's got 100 wins under his belt, only five losses. He goes to check out. I mean, I'll go do the Olympics. Fine. Takes the gold medal. The guy is not even technically in his professional career yet. This yeah. This is all still considered to be amateur. It's insane. And he's wrecking it. Who does he beat in the Olympics? Is it just some Brazilian guy? Italian I actually guy? Didn't, I actually didn't watch that specific fight. I kind of got more into his professional heavyweight career. All right. Is he still technically considered a light heavyweight? I don't know why why that's the wording. Because uh, they have like middleweight and they have heavyweight. Yeah. It's yeah. usually it's usually a combination of their their weight, build, and height. Yeah. So he he just fits into that. Like he's bigger than average, but he's kind of light for his height. Yeah. So he's slim. I mean, yeah. he's eighteen. Eighteen. Yeah. Yeah. He's gonna be a slim dude. Yeah. And I would imagine. I mean, I hate to sound American, but you know, I don't know how many different countries. Uh, produce people as angry as we are. We're a very arrogant fuck you group of people. And especially if you're black from the South, you're going to have a lot of reasons to be angry. So if you're some Italian dude who grew up in a nice village and yeah, you're proficient, you're an athlete, you train, you're going to go up against a guy with real (laughs) rage. And he's going to beat your brains out of your face. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's just my thoughts. Now, obviously, all of this is huge, of course, gold medal in the Olympics. And he just proved to be the world's greatest boxer in his weight class. And it comes with fame. People want his autograph. They want to talk to him. He's a huge inspiration to Hell many yeah. people, especially in the black community. And this guy who's just wrecking it and making a name for himself. Mm-hmm. Probably one of the very few uh, black guys with a gold in, in, in the Olympics. Yeah. I mean, the only other one I can think of before him would be Jesse Owens when they beat the Nazis, but but that was in running. Yeah. So it's probably a rare thing. Yeah. I mean, he was idolized as well for being this great athlete, but there's this strange conflict of him being famous for this achievement, but also being black in America. Mm. Uh, I still couldn't drink from the same water fountain or whatever. Still have the Jim Crow laws during this time frame. <laughs> so you he, He's the world champ, and they're like, you need to use the other bathroom? And No joke. That's exactly how who, it was. Who would tell a man like that not to do something? Right? If he punches you, he's going to kill you. I, I don't want to offend you. But I need you to use the other bathroom. Yeah. So He's like, no. Muhammad kind of gets in his head. He's got a gold medal. He's coming back home. And he says to himself, I'm going to go home and eat at this restaurant that's whites only. But I'm going to, you know, he's wearing his gold medal when he walks in. Fuck and yeah. Part of him is like, they're just going to let me. Like, I'm I'm kind of famous. I'm an athlete that's like highly respected. I don't think they're even going to say anything to And me. what's the risk if they do say something? They punch their lights out, maybe. You're a boxing champion. I know, right? Jesus. But it, it doesn't work out. He goes into the, 
the restaurant with his gold medal and they tell him like yeah did you forget you're black like that's really cool that you uh, won that medal but you got, you can't eat here with with other people that's <laughs> you are a very cute enormous man now this was so cute you need to, please leave muhammad does not punch out anyone's lights unfortunately god damn it he goes ahead and walks out but he's obviously deeply frustrated with this scenario because the same guy who might tell you like oh man i watch your fights i think you're an amazing fighter it could be the same guy who goes, you can't eat in my restaurant, though. Yep. yep. <clears throat> so it's fucked up. That is a big, big problem with American sports. It's a big problem with American well, people. S- I don't know. So much of American sports is dominated by black people because they are athletic. Yeah. And, and, and often they feel the need to prove something, which is not unfair. And then they are also still treated like... Shit. It's like a minstrel show to a lot of people where they're... I hate this topic. I know. I'm so uncomfortable. I know. As a big basketball fan, there is a strain of racism in in basketball where white fans feel that black people should be entertaining them. And I would imagine that that is a similar situation that he has to deal with. Pretty much. Uh, I'm so mad. I know. Harry! Bear! (laughs) This was a bad professional choice (laughs) on my part. Yeah, you got to fire him. I don't know how you go about that, but... That's you. You're the one who found him. That's the thing. I don't want to start a war with England. <laughs> Just marry his sister, and it'll be good. Uh, that's probably all right. Yeah, but I'll anyways, be, I'll become a duke or something. <laughs> I'm to duke your sister, Harry. <laughs> so yeah, Muhammad. We're starting to see a little bit more of him wanting to be more active because he is getting still mistreated because he's black, even yeah. though he's this a great athlete already and proven himself. Well, and this is not uncommon. Like, right, you can't go into, at this time frame, you can't go into a white-only restaurant and sit down and eat. Yeah. This is everybody. And it doesn't matter how fucking famous you are or how, you know, idolized you are as Mm. you're, uh, for being an athlete. They're still like, yeah, but you're black, right? So. That's like. It's fucking shitty. Well, so, uh. You start to hear kind of Muhammad start to speak out a little bit at this time frame about how there shouldn't be any restaurants that are whites only and that that should allow everybody and that it's an injustice and black people should have equality and yeah at least for the Olympic champ if you're going to be a racist dick yeah <laughs> at least make it a, uh, an excuse for for an Olympic champion right and Jesus. even then I mean even if they allowed just him because he was a an idolized athlete. Would still be shitty if they were still not let, letting anybody else that was black. Yeah, but that, that, he kind of thought he'd be able to start kind of pushing that and being able to use his voice to help with that, which he kind of starts doing. Good for him, man. Muhammad at this point gets a sponsorship with a team of white guys. Wheaties? No, not Wheaties. Oh, Whiteies. Whiteies. Sorry, Whiteies <laughs> cereal. <laughs> From what I can tell, the sponsorship team had good intentions. It seemed like they are trying to kind of help push Muhammad through the bullshit of racism and segregation they're trying to like let him fight let him get in mm. they might be doing it because it's also money in their pockets when they're sponsoring him and then he wins fights and then they're like yeah we benefit from that but it's, the sponsor is not yeah it's not race race conscious that it's all green yeah it's the, col- it's the color they care about right. but but it does seem like they were trying to be yeah helpful to muhammad to get past that kind of shit whenever they found resistance. Yeah. Well, Muhammad's now in his late teens, and like I said, he got the gold medal at 18. He's now starting his professional career entering into heavyweight boxing. Sweet. And even though he starts off winning his first few fights, his sponsorship team decides that they need to get him a professional trainer. Because at this time, he's always been kind of using just people that were around town. 
Sure. So they're like, we need to get somebody who's actually done some stuff. And we Wait, have. He won the Olympics without an official. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah, that's how good he is. This dude, yeah. So we enter in Angelo Dundee, who had already trained a world champion. And Angelo Dundee is kind of a funny trainer because he meets up with Muhammad Ali and they're like training and fighting and he's watching him trying to see his techniques and stuff. And it's hilarious that Angelo is like, he tells Muhammad and even everybody else around him, he's like, he does everything wrong. Muhammad <laughs> doesn't put his gloves up. He has them down by his sides when he's fighting. He dances around. He sways wrong He, you know, when he's trying to dodge or stuff. But at the end of all of his speech kind of criticizing him, he's like, and yet Muhammad makes it work. Like, all these right. are techniques I wouldn't, I wouldn't teach other people to do. But Muhammad's getting away with it, and it's working for his benefit. He's not getting hit much, and he's punching people in the faces hard, so that's that's good. I love that a trainer is like, you have no formal training, and I'm in awe that you make it happen. Yeah. Like, if I would have saw somebody else doing this, I would assume that they're losing their fights, but you aren't. You're winning a lot. Like, dude. Like, almost all of them. But nonetheless, uh, he does get more now of a professional training, and he continues to get better and better. Fuck, yeah. From, uh, you said... The Dundies? <laughs> the Dundies. Is that what you said? Yeah, his name is Her- Angelo Dundee. Harrius Beaver. <laughs> is that what Angelo had? Mm-hmm. Sweet. I'm feeling God tonight in these in this chilies. <laughs> that's, a, that's a Muhammad quote. <laughs> so over the next two years, Dundee guides Muhammad through 19 straight victories in the heavyweights. He doesn't lose. He's just murdering people. Yeah. And... It's funny because some of the fights proved to be a little bit of a challenge to Muhammad, but most of them is just him wrecking the other guy. Like, it's not even close matches. Like, they're very one-sided. Muhammad has this really cool way, if you ever watch any of his fights, and I will suggest you go see at least some of his championship fights. Oh, yeah. They're really super fun to watch. It looks like he's fighting people, like, that are drunk children. That's that's how I would compare it, because they swing and miss by a mile, because he just... And he looks so casual about it. Mm. He just kind of like backs away and then the person swings and then he goes and bops him. He's got this left jab that I'm pretty sure would kill me <laughs> if he hit me with it. Was, and it's just yeah. his jab. It's not his right strong punch. And it's insane because I think if someone told me, hey, you can either get kicked really good in the groin or you can take a left jab from Muhammad, I would pick the groin. There's way too much more danger getting punched by Muhammad's well, jab. Brain damage. Yeah, I mean, it's not even his full punch. But yeah, so he's he, he has this really great fast, lightning bolt fast. Damn. Left punch jab. Now I've seen some videos of him where he is insane fast. He's quick as shit. And you don't see it coming because he dances around so much. And you can't really ever tell. That's the other thing about the heavyweights. Heavyweight guys uh, in general, especially during this time frame, they're slow. It's basically whoever can take the beating the longest and hopefully knock out the other guy fair but they're slow they hit fucking hard but you got muhammad who is very quick it's he's like one of the quickest people in the heavyweights he's just fast and hits like a hammer if you have that that body type where you can qualify for heavyweight but you're also very spry that's gonna be a problem yeah for the other guy (laughs) for the other guy yeah for your opponent and i don't i don't know enough about the history of boxing but it, it just feels like the description you're giving me is that Boxing was kind of uh, almost like a mixed martial arts where it's just like, stand there and punch or don't get punched, etc. Yeah. And Muhammad execution being so uh, precise has probably informed what current boxing is. I would, yeah, we're going to actually get into that. Sweet. Yeah. 
So, yeah, Muhammad's just handing out knockouts like free towels at Bed Bath & Beyond to white middle-aged housewives. <laughs> what? I'm oh. sorry, that was a really terrible pun. What happened? Handing out towels because they throw out the towel when they're giving it up. Nice. I'm super sorry. That was a stretch. No, but he is handing out towels as in he's fucking them. My, yeah. Because he's Muhammad Ali. My pun game is not ringing. It's the... Like the box. I'm so, <coughs> all right. All right. I'll stop my ADC now. I'm so sorry. Let's get her ready to be punny. You know what's funny is that's actually uh that's actually trademarked if you say the actual line. Oh, so it's a good thing I didn't. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know how. I think as long as it's related in boxing, like you can't go and be a, that guy that announces that. It's only that one guy who can do it. Oh. Otherwise, you have to say a different I, line. I think it's my brother who told me that. Isn't that weird? That 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 man's. Uh, career is, is his income voice yeah. trademarked saying that phrase yeah and that's like his that's his life it, for his probably several mansions i'm sure good for him hey you found hey you can trademark one line and it makes you that much money good job you know what muhammad ali could punch your brains out uh whoever this gentleman is says a specific phrase in a specific way it's good to have skills <laughs> yeah you know what it is we, yeah. all, we all know what it is. We can't, we're going to get sued by that guy. <laughs> so just like I was saying before, what makes Muhammad unique in this heavyweight class is his speed, his mobility. Shit, yeah. And this also goes into play that, you know, heavyweights tend to tire out more. They have big punches. They swing heavy and hard. And big if dudes. you're missing a lot, and this is something I learned uh, a while back, that you exert more energy when you swing and miss than when you swing and hit. Or obviously not swing at all. Yeah. So if you're a big heavyweight guy and you're trying to hit Muhammad and you're just missing over and over, you tire out quickly. Yeah. Because your whole goal is like try to knock out the other guy as fast as possible. Otherwise, I get tired. And Muhammad just conserves his energy, dances around. And then once you're tired, he beats the shit out of you. Dude, and he's, it's just, he's just partying in there. Brutal to watch. Oh, this is awesome. Yeah. I love it. I, lo- I love that whole concept. Yeah. Well, you know, fighting big guys, that is a serious thing. Because I uh, have boxed a few times in parties. Right. When you're a kid and you're a man. It happens. I have two, and I don't know why. Your but... friend, you find a friend that has boxing gloves and you just hit each other. Yeah. And I'm small and I have some pretty big friends, and I did notice that that's the case. Yeah. You dance around them until they get tired, and then you get them in the... And they can't protect themselves. They can't hit you because oh they're my too God. tired. Get them in the back of the head or the, <laughs> or the kidneys. Yeah. It's dirty it's a dirty way to fight <laughs> i mean i'm not going for the balls or whatever but that's what you gotta do yeah, that's what you do dance around motherfucker well and when you watch these fights the bigger guys just look kind of clumsy and slow yeah so it's fun to watch because he's just doing his thing dancing i've never been knocked out because i don't have a lot of thoughts i'm very large muhammad makes fun of that exact thing <laughs> he talks about how other boxers sound just like that. he's like why do boxers sound like idiots it's like <laughs> they go in like how did you feel about the fight they're like and i fought and then I punched him. And he's like, why? Why do you sound that way? Why am I better than you in every single way? You're yeah. an idiot. Because Muhammad is quite intelligent, we'll find, especially when it comes to boxing. And he's very witty and quick. He loves to talk shit on his opponents. And he has many interviews Fuck. where yes. they're talking to each other. And he's just making fun of them the whole time. God damn it, I love it. And they're not able to keep up because they sound like that. I'm going to punch you. Yeah, you say it about my mom, but I'm going to fuck. Shut up. <laughs> Yeah. And Muhammad Ali's rapping. I was about to say, this is. Before it's even a thing. This is where Muhammad starts doing his rhyming. And it, it's kind of almost like this persona that he builds. He actually got the idea from a silly wrestler who 
would try to like kind of make it a joke when he was wrestling. He'd like comb his hair and like whenever he got slapped or whatever, he'd yeah, back yeah. off and kind of like rub his face and stuff. And he liked this idea of building up and amping up for marketing purposes to give the people something fun to watch before the fight. Oh, beautiful. Which is something we now see very commonly in today's boxing. Conor McGregor. Yeah. Now they, the two people go up, they meet, they look at each other. Sometimes the other guy's funny and does weird stuff. Sometimes they just get angry at each other and get mean face. I'm going to kill you, whatever. But yeah, this is kind of his idea. He's like, I'm going to rhyme. That way it's, it sticks in people's heads. I'm out there. And a lot of them are cheesy. A lot of them he even know. Like, he knows it's cheesy and he doesn't care. Sometimes they're actually funny, though. It's entertainment, though, yeah. I mean, we did uh, Andre the Giant. Not his real name, because he's a badass. Right. But, of course, his type of wrestling is is fake, quote-unquote. Right. You know, there's a lot of athleticism. But being over the top, being ridiculous, is the point of that wrestling. It's fun. It's It's entertainment. Yeah. And when boxing is real and you mix in the whole, like, Flirt with the crowd, give him a little show. And do, he does. Do like a the rock thing where you knock him down and you look at the crowd like, what's up? Yeah. People love that shit. It's fucking fun. Yeah. Yeah. That's how you beat a motherfuckers. You beat their face and then you beat their soul. Yeah. You beat their soul by embarrassing them. He does. And in wrestling, nobody's feelings are hurt because it's a script. But right. when, when Muhammad Boxing. Yeah. <laughs> it's real. Your ego is. You, you are actually on the ground. Yeah. So Muhammad, he's big on rhyming. He's big on puns. He likes little funny quips that he says to all of his opponents. As a matter of fact, I've got one that's kind of fun. He wrote this down. Everyone knew when I stepped in town, I was the greatest fighter around. A lot of people call me a clown, but I'm the one who called the round. The people came to see the great fight, but all I did was put up the light. Never put your money against Cassius Clay, for you will never have a lucky day. And he usually had smaller ones. He would come sometimes do like these kind of longer ones like that. But most of them, they were like little one-liners. They were fun. They were, uh, if, you, if you've even dreamed about beating me, you better wake up and apologize to me. <laughs> like, he would just say these things like in interviews. Like a dude calls him at 2 o'clock in the morning like, uh, Cassius, uh, I'm sorry, Muhammad, <clears throat> I'm sorry, buddy. I, I had a dream. I beat you. I beat you. He's like, yeah, that, that, that can't happen. And Muhammad just laughs uproariously. I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah. So I'm going to I'm gonna hit your face tomorrow. Really hard. I'm like, Yeah, that's fair, champ. That's fair. I'm sorry. I just didn't want the dream to get back to you before I told you about it. Don't. Yeah. Hey. And he, he does have a big mouth. Um, he backs it up. He even talks about that. He's like, it's not bragging if you actually follow through with what you're saying. That is the most pimp thing I've ever I know, heard. right? I know. It's not bragging if it's real. And he gets to the point where he starts calling out his opponents and predicting when he's going to knock them out in the ring. So he... He's calling out, like, uh, what, round? Yeah, so he starts going, like, this is who I'm going to fight, and uh, in round five is when he's going to go down. That's when I'm going to knock him out is in round five. And it becomes a big thing. People start asking him. They want him to make these predictions because most of the time, he's actually pretty accurate. It's weird. He will say, oh, it's this person that's who I'm fighting. I've watched him fight before. And they'll have interviews and he'll hold up like fingers on his hands like he's going down in five. But he always rhymes it when he says, you know, he's like, this guy wants to go to heaven. He's going down in seven. And so he'll just throw these out. Because <laughs> I'm going to murder him. <laughs> yeah. And it get, becomes expected. If he doesn't say it, then usually the interviewer or like if, he has, if he's on, like on a talk show and they have guests, they'll say, what's your prediction? Like they want to hear him say it. And he's like, oh, this guy's going to go down in eight. That one's going to go down in three. It'll be a good fight. I just can't even wrap my head around how pimp that is. And he knows that it's like all it's promotional. Just... 
He also likes to say things purposely to get people mad because he knows it will make them mad and then they'll come to the fight. Because either you're going to go see him kick someone's ass because he's undefeated or you're angry at him because he's cocky yes. and you want to go see him you know, get taken down. So yes. he'll purposely try to even egg things on that will upset people. I hate to say I watch every Conor McGregor fight because I want to watch his big ass mouth lose. Yeah. Because his mouth is always running. Yeah. But, and Conor's great. He is a really great uh, MMA fighter, but he's not Muhammad's level. So when he says, I'm going to beat so-and-so, I'm like, no, nah, you have a little dick and you cry yourself to sleep. Like I can tell on your face. That's why you say this type of shit. Yeah. Muhammad. It's all marketing, really. This is Muhammad's mentality is. I believe him, though, when he says it. When he says but he five also is rounds. Oh, yeah. And then he rhymes it. <laughs> I know, right? So fucking badass. So in 1963, at only 20 years old, just kind of like I was saying before, not everybody likes Muhammad Ali. A lot of people were put off by the fact that he was such a big mouth and that he was always boasting about himself and always talking to interviewers. He's hilarious in interviews. If you go and watch him, he's fucking hilarious. And there's you can actually go watch a specific YouTube video where it's just 35 minutes of different clips of him being on talk shows and interviews before fights and they're all just strung together it is hilarious to watch sweet yeah it's great i'm gonna spend all night doing that and he kind of makes a stand about something because even though he's a black guy in boxing and he's being very highly revered for his skill they're still trying to kind of mold him and make him say things that they want him to say uh, especially for being a black guy like mm. it's kind of hard to explain i guess but they want him to still be in his place who oh reporters so they'll ask him dumb questions that are like kind of set up for him to have a specific answer and he won't answer that way so he'll be like yeah i don't care i'm i'm gonna be me you want me to say this thing that helps kind of the white people feel good yeah i don't give a shit so i'm not gonna say that this is why he's a name oh yeah at least this is my initial assumption here because being an amazing boxer an amazing athlete okay there's a, there's there's a lot of those, but it sounds like he's not because being a boxer, you, you do tend to be a dumb person because your brain gets you're getting hit in the head a lot, turned into uh, mashed potatoes. Yeah, but because he's not only a smart person, uh, he's anticipatorily smart. Oh yeah, Where he's like nah. He knows what they want, and he's like no, I'm not gonna play your fucking game. Yeah, that must be why he's culturally important. Some of them will even try to take a backside way around it rather than trying to make it directly about race. But they're like, you should have more respect for your opponents. And he's like, I don't care about my opponent. I'm going to punch him in the face. We're going to go into a ring and fight each other yeah. by hitting each other in the head. I'm like, trying to get care. as close to murdering him as possible. Yeah. And at the same time, he also will later on uh, talk about how other people talk about his opponents poorly. He's like, I talk about my opponents poorly because I'm going to go fight them. And it's a head game. But he's like, someone was making fun of like the number four place, like the boxer who was at number four. And he's like, yeah. he's number four in the world. How do you have any room to talk? Have you ever boxed? Would you go box him? To be fair. He's like, in a couple of years, he might be number one. So Only one through three can talk shit on four. Yeah. The rest of the world needs to eat shit. Exactly. He's yeah. like, and I'm number one, so I'm going to talk shit because I'm uh, going to have to fight him. I have that privilege. Yeah. And I, I earned my spot. Yeah, exactly. You are number, uh, let me Fucking see, 6.2 billion? Yeah. So I'm going to step on your face if you don't <laughs> shut up. Yeah. And he does. So it's funny because he does have respect for other boxers, but he plays the game of head games and and marketing and all that shit i'm gonna eat your family and because of all this shit talking that he does he gets the nickname the louisville lip (laughs) 
which a, is cool. Yeah, it feels a little disrespectful that they're just like, you're a big mouth, but... But he backs it but up he so owns he doesn't it. care. Yeah. yeah, he's like, that's he fun. He owns it, man. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. And he keeps on doing more rhymes. I am the man in this poem is about the next world champion. There is no doubt. <laughs> and most of these things were obviously jokey. I was kind of saying before. But yeah, he, he also plays into the cockiness. He also plays into knowing how people will react and then jokes about it. He makes a lot of faces at people and stuff. It's fun to watch. Mm. But even though he talks shit, it's still like when you hear the actual recordings of it, it doesn't sound like he's just like, fuck that guy, I'm going to fuck him up. He's cheeky about it. He's like, yeah, he's going to go down. Yeah, I'm going to hurt him. He's going to go down in number f- round four. It's, it's over. And then he winks at the camera. He rubs his face a lot. He's like, I'm so pretty. He says that a lot, which is fucking awesome. Oh, my God. He's like, I don't got any scars, see? I'm I good think touched. I'm pretty. It sounds like he was manufactured by God. Right. As a joke against racists. <laughs> because the last thing a racist wants to see is a confident young black man who who's killing punch it. Punch the shit out of your because face. You don't want to threaten him. No, you but can't. He's going to do these clownish uh jokey shit because he's like, ah, I'm the fucking best. Yeah. Fuck, yeah, fuck I'm you. the greatest. And so Millions of KKK members shit themselves with rage Not, of just they can't shaking. Can't do anything. It just spilling out spit at the TV and uh, shit in their pants in rage. Yeah, that's amazing. It's great. Yeah. So this is also very huge for the black communities. He's just getting more and more popular. He has his confidence. He's one of the most popular fighters around at this time now, and they're watching him talk himself up and talk about how great he is and how he can beat everybody, and it doesn't matter. And it kind of lifts a little bit of the community up to be like, we can all have this kind of confidence and go out there like fucking kill Whitey. Fine. It doesn't even, yeah. Black people can accomplish the same as anybody else, and, and he's the symbol for that for them. Yeah. That's bananas. But of course, segregation and racism is so strong that to kind of give a little bit more of a perspective, the there's a very popular musician at the time, Lloyd Price, and he's talking about how he has sold millions of records, how he is beloved on the radio, people want to listen to his music, white or black, it doesn't matter. Sure. However, even though despite being this amazing popular musician, he still can't sit down and eat at a restaurant that's for whites only or anything. Lloyd Price? Lloyd I mean, Price. He's a, he's a black musician? Yeah. Okay, good and point. He, yeah, right. He talks about watching Muhammad Ali and was like, this is probably one of the first like black celebrities who started speaking up and talking against the injustices of in- inequality. Yes. And he's like, it was weird to watch because I know in today's age, you can see this and it's like, yeah, that, that makes sense. We should be equal until you're seeing someone speak out about it. He's like, back then, you didn't have anyone really in this kind of position no. who could speak out and do it. Like we had activists and they were, you know, trying to do stuff, but they were activists. They weren't popular because of their, you know, skill or athletes or anything like that. On an entertaining scale. Right. And he's like, he had a powerful voice and stance. This is something that I hate hearing oftentimes is when they're like, why does this celebrity use his platform to talk about politics? Because everybody can talk about politics, you dumb fuck, even celebrities. And hey, you don't have to listen to them. It's still just a voice. You don't have to look at their Twitter yeah, or look at TMZ. Them speaking and you being upset about it is your fucking problem. Yeah. I don't care that he talking about just act, just make movies. Oh my God. There are people who have said, uh, Laura Ingram specifically has told uh, LeBron James to shut up and just dribble. Yeah. And stupid. Very rarely have I wanted to hurt a woman so badly. Well, it's like, I, I don't understand what the logic is of 
saying like, well, you shouldn't have a political opinion and you shouldn't use your platform that way. There's no rules, motherfucker. You no, don't get to choose. It's a very privileged position where you say, as as an athlete or or, or an actor or entertainer, your job is to entertain me. Yeah. Uh, you're a minstrel. You're a you know you're a jester. So shut up. Otherwise, that's a very entitled hey, position. They're you, better than you. you whoever even, you are working at fucking loading trucks. Like just you shut up. No, Karen, you work at Applebee's. Fuck you. Okay. <laughs> Fuck you. Nobody cares about your opinion. LeBron James can both ball better than you and speak and think better than you. And yeah. I know you're upset about it. Maybe instead of him shutting up, you should shut up yeah. and jump up your own saggy vagina. Gross. But yeah. It is gross. Because she's a but gross... Get that fixed. Well, they got surgeries or whatever, but you can't afford it. <laughs> Applebee's is not going to pay for that. Applebee's is not going to pay to fix your fucked up pussy, Karen. <laughs> Fuck you, Karen. <laughs> So, in 1964, 21 years old, Muhammad is preparing to fight uh, the current world heavyweight champion. So, he's worked his way up. He's oh undefeated. God. What year? I'm sorry? Uh, 1964. All right. Okay. So, you've got like MLK around this time. Yeah. I'm getting close to not him not being around. Uh, Kennedy, I think, was recently killed. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, uh, yep, MLK is only got a little little while left so the hippies are just starting and the beatles are just starting yeah gives you an good idea time frame good time sense yeah and uh the um black rights movement is getting hot oh yeah it's heating up oh yeah so during this time daddy uh, king is getting so much pussy yeah. holy cow yeah yeah so the current world heavyweight champ at this time is sunny liston who muhammad ali he nicknames him the ugly bear <laughs> <laughs> he just gave it to him. He said, yeah, he's an ugly bear. Yeah, he makes ugly. a lot of comments against Sonny, talking about how he's like, he's too ugly to be the champ. The champ should be pretty like me. And just is given that is Sonny hell uh, the entire time. Just mean. It, it gets worse and worse. As an ugly man. <laughs> he's, trying <laughs> to play, he's trying to play psychological games on Sonny. And it gets to the point where like, he, he drives to Sonny's house at like two in the morning and is like blaring his horn just to make him mad. He's like, I'll get a rise out of him. It, and he knows it's... I don't give a fuck. Muhammad is, you know, doing it. And so then he drives off. But he creates like a whole campaign against Sonny, trying to get him to fight him because like, they haven't quite met up the match yet. And Muhammad's calling him out like, I'm going to I'm gonna come get you. Like, I want you. I want the bear. I Man, want the that, ugly bear. Come out psychological here. warfare is no shit. And super confidence from Muhammad. Like, he's just, like, you're going down. I'm going to take you out. I'm going to be the world champ. Who wants to fuck with a guy who wakes up in the middle of the night and it's like, I'm going to drive to his house and just honk, honk my horn. Honk at it. Because you're going to wake him up and be like, oh, what the fuck? And he's out there. He's, he's out there like, <laughs> hey, bear, fuck you. You're so ugly. God damn it. Hey, do you shit in the woods? Eat shit. Eat it. Have a good night. Yeah. That's fucking, because the psychology there, knowing that uh, he can beat you, and he will run his mouth, how do you uh, compete with that? An undefeated guy who just worked his way up to you. <clears throat> yeah. Well, and he campaigns against him hard. He makes all these signs that he puts around town that says, like, like we love Cassius Clay, Muhammad, before he changed his name. Yeah. And Cassius is going bear hunting. <laughs> Like, just all sorts of funny stuff. Nice. It gets the people riled up. They're all excited, of course. And Sonny has the right to bear arms. Sonny eventually does, you know, confirm that they're going to fight. They start setting up the match. And I'm sorry, has Cassius changed his name to Muhammad? Not yet. Okay. And is Sonny Liston, I'm 
woefully ignorant. Is he a, a black guy? Yeah, he's black. All right. Yeah. Now that's important. I'm just getting an idea in my head. Sure, yeah. And so uh, he starts doing his interviews, Muhammad, and he says stuff like, I can't wait, and he's going to fall in eight, meaning the eighth round. So he called it. He's calling the eighth round is when <laughs> uh, Sonny will uh, go down. And I'm nervous for Sonny right now. <laughs> I, mean, I would be too. I am. But, and he kind of continues just tormenting Sonny, trying to get underneath his skin. Uh, it's pretty funny. Now, Sonny was already the world champ and well-known boxer, and it's actually in favor that he would win the fight. Even though Muhammad is undefeated and is killing it, Sure. Sonny's a big guy. Hey, he's, so- he's a world champ for a reason. Exactly. He's at the top right now. Yeah. And people kind of thought that Sonny was going to obliterate Muhammad. They, he was already well-experienced. He's a little bit older. Mm. He's actually in his late 30s. So he's got the experience of boxing, although on the other hand, oh, that's beautiful, Muhammad's though. got the youth. And that the, is beautiful. Yeah. I don't, the the, the uh, fighting world does not have that dynamic right now. Yeah. Where you have an actual unknown where you're like, world champ, and then a come up. Yeah. It's pretty... It's rare when everything aligns like that. And and Muhammad, because he was undefeated, that's how he got up so quick. But he also, he's the underdog. A lot of people thought that Sonny was just going to be the reigning champ until he's he a retired champ. or got too old and was like, yeah, I'm not going to fight anymore. Yeah. But it's pretty typical that the champ actually gets old and retires before losing. That's the more typical thing now because people don't like their ego bruised or their, their, yeah. uh, uh, image destroyed or whatever by a, a one final loss so usually this doesn't happen yeah and Sonny, i mean he still is in good shape fighting he's a monster it's weird because both of them are about the same height roughly matter of fact uh muhammad's a little bit taller and they're both about the same weight but you can tell this when they're standing next to each other that they are roughly the same size however for whatever reason when you pull them apart Sonny looks like a beast like, I don't know what it is, his body type. He's got long legs, looks like, short, a bear. like short torso, but it's really beefy. So he looks taller than he really is. Sorry, I just looked up some pictures. He is a he is a mean looking he's man. He's a big guy. Uh, he's not huge. He's lean, but he's thick. It's yeah, yeah. weird. He's it, buff. It's weird, yeah, because he's thick as fuck, but then yeah, you're right. He looks lean, he looks quick. And like I don't know if there's a couple pictures like where maybe his shorts are even a little bit higher, but his legs look long, so it makes him look taller. I don't know. Yeah, he's he's a he's a large gentleman. To go even further, Sonny's also uh, he's he's a mobster. Like he has he's he's in with the mob. He's actually with the mob. Yeah. So when he's not boxing, he's actually going around and hurting people in real life. Well, look at this. Yeah. Look at how much he, bigger Sonny looks at him. But they're almost the same. Like uh, Muhammad's a little bit taller. And You're right. He's he's just a big fucking guy. He just looks huge. So he was um like a like a mob enforcer. Yeah, he's I like would a like muscle. <laughs> the dude who didn't pay gets his knees broke type. Yeah, I think, oh, I mean, shit. I don't have any evidence of exactly what he was, but I de- we definitely know he had mob connections and was in the mob. And we'll go more into that like a little bit. Like the Italian mob? I don't think so. Oh, I'm, I'm just... not sure exactly what Just mob. as a black man, I... It is know, odd, yeah. Yeah, I don't know who, what mob he works for. Yeah. But nonetheless, yeah, he, he was hurting people in real Fuck, life. dude. <laughs> and in... in real life muhammad's a shit talker and then in real life sunny is burning businesses down and breaking knees is the assumption insurance <laughs> y'all need some insurance <laughs> that's an old fucking episode reference that is shit go check out uh bugsy bugsy siegel that's right bugsy siegel. also not his real name um but a terrible human being i won't celebrate him but it's no f- fun episode though hey man he uh pretty much instructor constructed las vegas you don't know what i'm talking about Go back. Yeah. Dabbler. 
It's like our second episode or something like that. Third episode? It's, it it's is one very, of the early ones. It's very, that's like a year and a half ago. Yeah. So Muhammad, you have to understand how much confidence he has at this point. Because even though he's technically not favored fighter, like the odds were one in seven. Sonny would win. Right. And Muhammad doesn't care. He is still shit talking. Of course he doesn't care. And he tells everybody, he's like, if Sonny whoops me, I will kiss his feet in the ring. He's like, that's just <laughs> not going to happen. I'm going to win. So, but if he does, I'll kiss his feet. Such confidence, man. Yeah. I've never felt that much confidence in my entire life. I don't think I have either. Never. And during this time frame too, while they're getting the match all set up, Muhammad also starts to look into the nation of Islam. Mm -hmm. Five percenters. Yeah. yeah. And he converts into Islam, which is pretty odd for his upbringing with it being uh, Christian based. Meth Methodist. Methodist and Baptist. Yep. And he actually befriends Malcolm X, who is currently part of the Nation of Islam. Like? Like, they're buddies. Hello. Shaking yeah. hands. Let's go get some... They actually were friends a little bit before this match is even really announced or set up. But... We, we got to do Malcolm X. Oh, yeah. We're going to talk about him a little bit here in this episode. I'm, you know, I'm going to leave some stuff for the episode when we actually do Malcolm X. But we're going to learn a little bit about him for sure. I am so psyched. I love... I don't know a ton about Malcolm X, but the whole, fuck all of you. Yeah. That seems him his thing. Kinda. I love it. So yeah, so Muhammad and Malcolm X are friends. And they've been friends for a couple of years before this championship title right. is about to go underway. And it's actually a little bit of a problem because there's it's not out there that Muhammad is part of the Nation of Islam, but there's like rumors and he's hanging out with Malcolm X and Right. This is kind of a little bit of a problem as far as promotions go. At least that's what the promoters think. They're like Malcolm X has to leave until the day of the fight because he's been hanging around Muhammad. Hmm. Because they think it's gonna cause a boycott that white people will be like, Oh, Muhammad Ali's hanging out with Malcolm X and might be in a national or nation of Islam, like I won't go. What's the problem with white people in Nation of Islam? Nation of Islam is very much I mean, it depends on what time frame we're talking about, but during this time frame, Nation of Islam is heavy on revolution and uh, uprising, overthrowing, or at the very least is about, okay, keep us separated, fine, whites and blacks, okay. but equal and peaceful. Like, that's fine. You have your guys' area. We'll have our area. Okay. So, separate, separate but equal. Kind of. Which remains racist, so I guess if... if uh... A group of black people are saying, we don't want to be around white people. Everyone's just going to be upset. Yeah. Well, you know, this is also the time frame where Malcolm X is doing the kind of, by any means necessary. Uh, so there yeah. is kind of, like, it depends on who you ask. Nation of Islam. I mean, the leader, I don't think at this time is very good at all. Um, I think he's more harm than good. And we'll get a little bit into that. But it's not MLK's way. Nation of Islam and MLK are right. on the opposite sides when it comes to trying to achieve the same goal or similar goals. Mm, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I know that's why MLK and, and Malcolm X are often spoken in the same breath. Yeah. Because um, they have similar goals, but Malcolm X is the militant version of it. Yeah. And um, MLK was like, we need to come together as a people as a whole. Very Christian. And work it out. And Malcolm X is like... These people are killing us. They don't give a shit. They're not making any changes. We might as well just protect ourselves and get ours yeah. that is deserved quality, even if it means having to fight. And I've always tended to agree more with Malcolm X uh, than MLK. I mean, it's, it's sort of like the recent protests. The, the only way that we're going to get reform with the police in specific is by making them fear us. Yeah. And v violence is not 
Great. The people should not fear the government. The government should fear its people. Yes. Yeah. And if uh, Malcolm X had been able to throw that together and maybe murder some people, um, he probably would have been very violently suppressed. But that sometimes is what it takes. I was going to say, when you, when you have someone who goes to those extremes, it's usually something important that they're trying to get across. And if it wasn't yeah. working any other way, that shows some of the importance of what is being said. It's important to say that Malcolm X is not a crazy person. No. He I've, just like we was said like, in, what else am I supposed to do? We talked about this in MLK, that if I was living back in that time frame, I would have much rather been on the side of like a Black Panther or yep. uh, Malcolm X, you know, rather than being like... No, we gotta be nice. Love, love the person who hates you. I'd be like, nah, that guy's oh, throwing rocks man. at me. I'm gonna fucking throw rocks back. Like on Bloody Sunday, uh, or that yeah, that scenario you indicated where uh, everybody on a bus was just beaten to shit. Yeah, the Freedom Riders. Um, and it's very courageous on their part to maintain the peaceful thing. But I also think violence can work too. <laughs> yeah, I like to think that Make I would people afraid of you go with MLK's stance, which, you know, in its own right, worked to some degree and was good, and it's probably the proper way of going about it, but it also was efficient to some degree. Yeah. But I, I'm also an angry person, and if I'm just going to get beat up for no reason, I'm not going to be able to control myself, and I'm going to fight yeah. back. So this is what everybody's feeling. Yeah. In 1964. Yeah. Uh, some Some fear that the blacks might rise up and burn some shit down and suddenly uh this very outspoken young man is like yeah i'm part of that yeah that's they don't want to have the fight get canceled or the promoters are just trying to make money so that's what their main thing is and they're like if people just find out that muhammad is part of the nation of islam people won't come the great irony though is that uh, Muhammad is only talking about the potential of violence for political change, and that might cancel the fight, versus Sonny Liston, who is actually a violent person on the outside. Uh, mob. <laughs> Mobster. Uh, and that's not a problem. Yeah, no. Nobody cares about that. No. Well, Sonny is Christian, so. Oh, great. That's, yeah. he, go, he goes to church every Sunday and on Saturday night. He's breaking knees. Yeah. And maybe those motherfuckers should have paid the paid paid back the mob now it should be worth noting that i mean there's white people who just don't like muhammad just on the pure fact that he's black so they just don't like him doesn't matter how good he is or whatever but you also have black people who disagree with the nation of islam they think it's too extreme or that's not the right way to go yeah so across the board it's not really great if people find out that muhammad is a part of this good for him though recognizing these tensions recognizing his career is on the line he's like i'm gonna be i'm gonna do this thing yeah, he doesn't announce it yet, but there are rumors about it going around. So yeah, that's that's kind of what you got on. Bad publicity is trying to be avoided, so they make Malcolm X go away until the day of the fight. He can come watch, which is it's kind of funny. <laughs> this whole fight is actually kind of based around a, a political stance and almost symbolic of the two sides fighting against each other yeah. politically inside the ring, though, with these two fighters. Oh, man. It's really weird because, as I said, Sonny is Christian. He's American, even though he's black. But because some people are starting to believe that Muhammad might be Muslim, they mm. think that's anti-American. They think it's, you know, obviously anti-Christian. And people oh. are rooting for who they want to win based on their political beliefs rather than the skill. Okay. So we have the symbolic of like, well, if my guy wins, that means we're right. Because Jesus would bless the correct person. Sure. Yep. Yeah. It's the kind of way that that's how those people think. Yep. So that's what they're, that's how the viewers are seeing this. Uh, whoever the victor is will determine who is politically correct. 
Yikes. Yeah. And that's always fun when sports takes on a bigger cultural level. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah. It also doesn't help during this time frame that JFK was assassinated just a few months ago. Mm. And Malcolm X made a comment stating, the chickens are coming home to roost. Um, now, he kind of clarifies more onto this because the media does take a bigger spin on it, but it still kind of has its, yeah, it's... I mean... It's kind of like saying... Uh, I could see that being an offensive You thing reap what you sow. Yeah, you, exactly. you get what you, you know, deserve. He, he went into more detail later on being like, to clarify, he was like, I never said I was happy that JFK was assassinated. I was nearly stating that due to the results of the climate of the hate that is going on, that it's not that surprising that that happened. It, it, it's a um, hilariously very clear way to explain JFK. <laughs> right? Because JFK was a lot of talk and not a lot of actual progressive action. So saying, yeah, the, 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 what is it? The rooster's coming home to... To roost. Um, because he had a lot of talk and only made the problems worse by not actually doing anything about yeah. it, he got what was coming to him. Yeah. Which, yeah, yeah. I, I'm not totally on board with that, only that I think that there is a chance that Lee Harvey Oswald was a lone shooter. There's also the chance that he wasn't, but yeah, yeah. you... you, you are held responsible for America and you don't do much other than make yourself richer and fuck a bunch of interns. <laughs> and then you get murdered because you're not super paying attention. Yeah. 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 Maybe you had it coming. Uh, maybe there was, yeah. Maybe. Not saying it was deserved or that it was liked. I'm not not saying that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, nobody's psyched that his brain splattered all over Jackie's blouse. Um, but you know, oh my God. you could have been a better president. Yeah, oh, for sure. So if you haven't gone and listened to our JFK episode, go some of that. Fuck, you learn a lot of bunch. I think uh, shit there. Uh, yeah, we we uh might get a lot of criticism for being overtly uh liberal types, but we dog everybody. I feel pretty clearly. Like yeah, fuck JFK. Yeah, that dude. He is a terrible asshole. He's yeah. a very spoiled. He's a bad man. Yeah. So Malcolm I pref- X, I prefer Ike. When he said this, left a bad taste in everyone's mouth, which is another reason why the promoters were all scared, made him leave. I just wanted to bring that up because I thought it was kind of funny that Malcolm X said that. So I do love that though. Yeah, I mean, such a small comment on a big issue, and it just ballooned. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So the day of the world champion fight is in 1964. Muhammad is 22 years old at this time. Young kid. Yep. And fans and sports writers all seem to agree that Sonny Liston will clobber Muhammad. They give the odds, as I said before, 7-1 to one in favor of Sonny. Good luck, motherfucker. Yeah. And I have a whole breakdown of each round, which I can go into, or I can give just a basic synopsis. Whatever you want, man. I'm not going to go too much into all Muhammad's boxing. I know that's what he's most well known for, and I would encourage anyone to go watch these. I'll give a little bit of a breakdown. In the Andre the Giant episode, I step-by-stepped his fight with Hulk Hogan. Which is significantly I mean, less important. Like <laughs> even though I love his activism, he's also a boxer and well known for it. So I kind of feel like it'd be an injustice if I didn't go. I into think so. Fighting. It's the artistry of the sport. Yeah. Give me a. Now I'm not a commentator or even a really big boxing person, so you're getting an amateur's view of it. But I still think it's pretty accurate. It's adequate. So in the world champ title fight, Muhammad versus Sunny. Round one, Muhammad told everyone he was going to dance around a lot. He wanted everyone to know what he was going to plan to do, what to expect to see from him. I'm a dancer. So he's going to dance around the ring a lot, and he does. And I say dance, I know that this can be used as a loose term for people who just move around a bunch. (laughs) He's not moonwalking. He's not moonwalking, but he does what is called the Muhammad shuffle. He's not two-stepping. Yeah. Uh, 
yeah, his feet go back and forth. Really quick. And he does this. He So he moves around he a lot. He shifts his weight on a really light, a light way. Yeah. It's kind of crazy to see. It's fun to watch. You can easily find this video of him yeah. doing it because he does it a lot throughout most of his fights. And even outside of his fights, he teaches other people how to do it. It's fun. But, Moving target. Yeah. So he moves around a lot, very mobile throughout the ring. And he does this shuffle and he kind of does the dance. But uh, also incredibly good at dodging. I mean, throughout the whole first round, <clears throat> it's mostly just Sonny making a lot of swings and missing. And I think this is a, a pretty common technique or strategy for boxers where they're going to go against a hard, heavy hitting guy and they want to just let him tire himself out. And so if you yeah. can just move around a lot and dodge and watch him get tired, then you pounce on him after he's tired. So th throughout the first round, he's just moving around a lot. He doesn't get hit hardly at all. He has this lightning fast Beautiful. left jab that he lands a few times mm -hmm. right in the button. Every time it seems like he just pop, pop, pop. Pop. And uh, such fucking speed too. Oh, it's fast. It's, and it's still powerful. I say jab. That's why I say like, if he would have punched me with this jab, I'd still die because you can see Sonny's <laughs> head get whipped back when he hits him with these jabs, but he's not putting a whole lot of energy. You know, he's not wasting too much energy. Just dodging. Pop, pop, pop. Dodge. Yeah. But yeah. Well, that's the yeah. Swinging a punch and hitting a guy takes a lot of energy out of you. So the yeah. the foot dance takes a lot less energy yes. than a dude who's just on the prowl swinging. Who's throwing huge heavy swings. Yeah. And so Muhammad is mostly evasive. A few minutes into the round, Muhammad lands in a bunch of very quick blows. So he he throws in a couple heavy ones and goes back to dodging for a while. And then he does it one more time where he goes and lands a bunch of quick blows, and then he goes back. But the whole time, Sonny's just the, swinging and missing. In the ring, he's just dodging. He's like, hey, Sonny, you ever take dance lessons? Huh? huh? You, Let you me do the cha-cha? You, you huh, do the cha-cha? Huh. And he does. He talks to his <laughs> opponents while he's in the ring a lot. Sha-sha. Sha-sha-sha. And then he waits for Sonny to like get tired, and then he turns to the crowd, and he's like, this guy's an asshole, right? <laughs> Look at this fucking guy. This is hilarious. <laughs> he's pointing out like cute girls like, you want to dance? Come on, let's dance. He does. When he's in this corner between rounds, he likes to look at the photographers and make faces at them. And they're sometimes just like silly and funny. And that's what he does in this fight too. So even though I'm not an expert on uh, boxing by any means or even, uh, you know, even decent at knowing all the things that are going on as far as technique goes, even in the first three minutes of the first round, it looked one-sided to me because Sonny's really not landing any hits. He gets a couple here and there, hmm. nothing big, but... He's just swinging and missing, and then Sonny or then uh, Muhammad goes in and gets some bops so, and some so combos, and then goes back to dancing. And again, yeah, like I'm not an expert either, but it does. It sort of feels like modern boxing is defined by Muhammad Ali. I wouldn't be surprised because it sounds like Sonny is like heavy-footed, yeah. big guy, swing, be able to take a hit. Yeah, like that's boxing. But Muhammad's Muhammad's got like move. Move, move, jab, Tire the other move, guy out, move, punch him a couple jab, times. Make a joke, talk about his mom and his small dick, move, jab, move. And a lot of boxing now is about very precise formation, very precise movements, and it sounds like it might just be fucking designed off of trying to fight him. Yeah, dude. <laughs> well, especially if you're in a heavyweight and you're going against a guy who's that fast, what else can you do besides hopefully land a really big punch on him that takes him down? But if you don't, you're tiring yourself out. But after the first round ends, they go back to their corners. Muhammad is, like I was just saying, he's making faces at the reporters. He's completely in his element. He seems calm and fine. He's being silly. He makes his like mouth really big at them, uh, the reporters and the photographers. Ah, it's just fun. Yeah. Look how big my mouth is. And uh, he's winking at them and stuff. It's, it's hilarious to watch because he's clearly just being cheeky. He's just cheeky. a performer. 
Yeah. Yeah, he's an entertainer. And round two comes in. Sonny does land a, a pretty big punch on Muhammad's face, but Muhammad recovers pretty fine. Uh, no cuts or, or really even puffiness, but he continues to dodge the rest of the fallen attacks. Muhammad, it, it gets to the point kind of like how I was describing in his previous fights where it looks like Sonny is kind of a child because of how far away he's missing. <laughs> and it's not because I, I don't think Sonny is necessarily bad at getting close and trying to close the gap to get that distance. I just think that Muhammad's so fast that Sonny gets in quick and Muhammad gets out just as fast or yeah. faster, obviously. He just backs away, but it doesn't look like he's trying. So when he's backing away, it just looks like, you ever seen like a, you know, an eight-year-old swinging at someone who's bigger than them and yeah. the other person just walking backwards or putting their hand out on his face or whatever? Don't! It kind of uh. looks like that. It just looks childish almost. Well, and I would imagine um, Muhammad sounds like a very adept trained man yeah and in boxing you there there are there are tells um about how the body's gonna move right right you kind of tell when a dude's gonna move to the left you can kind of tell when he's gonna push back and go to the right and if muhammad is anticipating sunny where he's like i got your number dude mm -hmm. he's he's gonna see the punch coming he's just gonna dance away from it and sunny's just gonna get more and more frustrated and at some point stop being precise and just go Ugh, yeah damn it i want to hit you God damn well, I'm it. I'm sure the dancing actually is probably a form of technique because it's probably harder to read where you're going to go and do if you're moving around a lot. Yeah. It's hard to probably tell, oh, wait, is he going back or is he coming forward? He's dancing that too much. foot shuffle would be so fucking annoying because <laughs> he's going to shift his weight. Oh, yeah. So you're never going to have a, a real good sense of where to hit him. Yeah. That's so frustrating. Uh, he's so big. Near the end of the second round, Sonny does get a couple good body shots in, a few hits to Muhammad's head while Muhammad keeps giving Sonny those left jabs. And these left jabs, like they just seem like they're hitting the exact same place on his face, just over and over and over. So I'm sure he's just working the same area. Oh my God, that's fucked up. Yeah. And they go back to their corners. Round three, Muhammad. I'm, I'm going to turn your face into pudding, just in one spot. Just in that one. Yeah. So it'll just, the rest of your face will just leak out. It's going to suck. Uh, in round three, Muhammad lands a fucking hard punch on Sonny's face, cutting open the skin underneath his eye, and he starts bleeding. Ooh, Sonny does. Yeah, yeah. And it's a hard fucking hit. You can see. Just I'm going to watch this. Yeah. And Muhammad just kind of goes crazy on Sonny's face after that. He follows up after he's landed this really good punch. He just starts beating the hell out of him. Scrambles his brain. He's not going to see it coming. He doesn't stop. He's pop, just, pop, pop, bam, pop, bam, pop, 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 and, and then on top of beating the hell out of him, he continues dodging most of Sonny's punches and lands more jabs. It continues on. And you can start to see that Sonny is starting to tire himself out. He's done way too many big swings oh, and Sonny. hit nothing for the most part. The and, mob did not prepare you for this. No. No. In round four, both fighters exchange blows, but Muhammad seems to be landing a lot of his left jabs over and over and over. It's, some of them are kind of hard to tell if they hit or not because of the camera angle and stuff, but it looks like just about every single left jab that he swung at Sonny lands on his face. And yeah. just that exact same spot over and over. Well, it's the whole thing that Muhammad can kind of be prepared for your weakness. Yeah. And he recognized it. He's like, all right, now I'm going to jab forever. Yeah. Pop, pop, pop. Sonny does get a big hit on Muhammad. But again, even though like it's clearly a big hit, Muhammad doesn't seem to be super phased. Like he's still dodging the rest of them. He still seems calm, still shuffling around, still dancing. He's taken less hits so far. Oh yeah. Yeah. And has missed less, so he's not as tired. Around five at this point, everyone is very surprised that not only has Muhammad lasted this long, a lot of mm. people predicted that he was only gonna last two minutes of the first round, because that's what happened to the last fighter that went up against Sonny to take the title, and he, he went down in two minutes, about two and a half minutes. Yeah. 
And so everyone's like, well, shit, he's in round five. He's doing <laughs> not only not only is he surviving, he's doing well. Like yeah. he might take this. Just before the round starts, Muhammad is saying though that he has something in his eye. It's actually like he's turned towards his team and apparently something got on his gloves and uh, he rubbed his eye or something with it. And so before the bell rings, he's trying to like get his eye washed out, but the bell rings and he gets out and he even has his like uh, gloves above his head. Hmm. Trying to be like, hold on a second, like I've got something in my eye. However, the ref's not stopping it. No one's stopping it. And Sonny is taking advantage of this. And he just comes in swinging super hard, gets very aggressive. It's bad sportsmanship, man. Kind of, yeah. Bad I would agree. Bad form. Now, you can see there's a difference between this round and even the next round. But Muhammad, he's not dancing around as much. He's not dodging as much. What he's got like Vaseline or something in his eye? I don't know what it was. Oh, they don't know. Uh, I didn't hear what it was in the end. He just said that some substance got onto his gloves when he was in the corner, hmm. and then he rubbed his eye. And he is actually, you can actually see on the cameras, he actually is squinting a lot and then trying to force his eyes open, but then goes back to like squinting again. Ugh. Can't get them to open. So rather than being able to dodge and stuff, instead he just tries to tie up Sonny as much as possible. He just grabs onto him, and then anytime they make him break, you can see him trying to rub his eyes again and like smart. squint, mm -hmm. and then he ties him up again. Go, go in close and just make that round bunk. Yeah. Smart. And so that's kind of what all round five is. He does get hit a little bit. Muhammad does get hit a few times by Sonny. But he's able to go sit down in the corner, and they wash his eyes out, and then he goes right back to being able to dodge everything again. He can see again. All right. And while he's doing this, he's landing his left jabs this over and over and over. episode is brought to you by Visine. Get it. Get if it. If you're a boxer. If you smoke weed or have allergies or are a boxer. Yeah. Use Visine for all those purposes. Go to Visine.org, click on the People Time link, and buy five gallons. There you go. Pour it in your eyes. You're good now. Now you can dodge. Now you can see the truth. Hashtag truth. <laughs> That's what you can see now. Round six is mostly just uh, Muhammad landing his left jabs while... Pow, so pow. he continues to tire himself out. And he, and I'm sorry, nothing. he's right-handed. He's not a southpaw. Yeah, he's right-handed. This, this left jab is just sort of like a fuck you. Yeah, like he, <laughs> it's, it's so goddamn quick. And because he, especially since he keeps his hands mostly down still, he still is doing Which this. Which is funny because that was a criticism before, but now he's like, I'm going to keep doing it. He does it pretty much throughout most of his I'm going to kill everyone like this. And I don't know how he gets his hand so quickly to come up and then out really fast and bop in the face. It's hard to see. We're even going to talk about the Phantom Punch later on, which is a, a fun story that everyone likes to talk about when it comes to Muhammad Ali. Yeah. And it's just so fast that I feel like the other guy doesn't even have time to react to it, and so he's just able to get these bops off. Yeah. And he's still got his right hand cocked ready to do the combo when he needs to. It's like, uh, go listen to our Bruce Lee episode. He had some, some shit that people were like, that's too fast for a human to do. Yeah. Bruce Lee, I think, studied Muhammad Ali's footwork. There you go, man. And incorporate it into his own martial arts that he created. That's the thing, yeah. He created a whole school, and it is very mixed martial arts. And yeah. it's about insane amounts of speed if you can accomplish it. Yeah. And moving around a lot so people can't tell Dancing. what you're going to do. Yeah. <laughs> Hard to read. Dancing. But that's round six. It's just basically the same stuff. Muhammad's dodging, getting left jabs in, and Sonny's just missing and tiring himself out. And he, you can see he's starting to get extremely tired. Sorry, Sonny. Round seven, the bell rings. The bell rings to call both fighters back to the ring, but only Muhammad steps out. Sonny throws in the towel, making oh. Muhammad the new champ. What? All it took. Round six, getting too many of those fucking jabs in the face over and over and not being able to 
hit him back and clearly tired out, he doesn't go back out. That's just sad to think that Sonny Liston got punched in the same part of his jaw so many times on the right side <laughs> that he sat down and he's like, I'm not going to be able to feel that side of my face for the rest of my life. Yeah. I'm out. Now, I though Sonny definitely got a beat, and most of it was from jabs, um, there was a, a couple of really good combos. I honestly think that maybe he could have gone a little bit longer, but he probably just realized that he just couldn't beat Muhammad. He, he couldn't land a punch, and Reckon- he was getting punched over and over. Like, what else are you supposed to do? That's good sportsmanship. He's tired out. He's and, like, I can't do it. Yeah. Well, he, he got a bad beat still, but... He doesn't want the publicity of being KO'd. Probably not. So he's like, I'm going to call it. Yeah. So, I mean, really, if you watch the whole entire fight, Muhammad Ali does get a couple big blows off, but you could probably count them all up pretty quickly. Mm. It's mostly that left jab and then tiring out his opponent. Hilarious. He didn't even hit him with the right that much. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. (laughs) One of those combos did look fucking brutal. That is very uh, Floyd Mayweather, as unfortunate as that is to say. Yeah. Well, you study. He probably studies the best. Go money team. Yeah. So Sonny banked $630,000 for his purse in the fight, and he would even go on to sell his gloves that he wore during this fight for an additional $836,000. Fuck! gloves made more money than the fight itself. Fuck yes. That's even before eBay. Yeah, right? (laughs) It brought a total of a $1.4 million fight, basically. That's awesome. Yeah, huge. Yeah, and he's now the world heavyweight champion. What? Yes! What? Yes! And he is stoked. It's so funny watching this video after the fight because, of course, the interviewers come up and talk to him and be like, we want to ask you all these questions. Muhammad is just screaming into the microphone. He's not even listening to what the reporters are asking. He's stoked. He's just, I'm the champ of the world! He's like, I'm the greatest thing that ever lived, and I don't have a mark on my face. I have an upset Sonny Liston, and I just turned 22 years old. I must be the greatest. I told the world. Jesus. And he's going crazy, and I wish I could do an impression of him because he's far more charismatic than I am, and it's fun to watch, but I can't fucking do it justice by any means. Hey, man. Nobody likes a loud mouth, but back it up. Yeah, and he does. Back it up. He yeah. could beat up anyone on earth. <laughs> <laughs> That's what world champ means. But I love watching it because the, the reporter's going, uh, uh, it's going. He's calling him Ca- uh, Cassius still this time. He's Cassius, Cassius. Wait, how do you, Cassius? Hold on a sec. Wait, Cassius. Ca- I'm the king of the and world. And he's just screaming in the mic. It's so funny. He's just like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm the best. I'm the best. I'm did the greatest. Say, did you say I'm the best? I am. What up? Uh, the reporter does finally get a word in saying, you said you were going to take him out in eight, but you did it in seven. Yeah. Can you give us some of your poetry? And that's where Muhammad gave that line that I kind of said earlier where he said, you wanted to go to heaven, so I did it in seven. Bam. And uh, he starts shouting again, I'm the king of the world. I'm pretty. I'm a bad man. I'm pretty. I shook up the world. He says that a lot. It's I'm awesome. going to kill your family. I can't be beat. I'm the greatest. And he starts making faces of the camera again where he's like making kind of funny looking tough faces. And then he makes his face really big and wide and his mouth is big and open. What a and strange man. Having fun with this, the moment, enjoying himself. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Just soaking it in because a lot of people, I think, would feel the fear of being scrutinized at that level. But he's like, nah, fuck you. I'm going to stick my tongue out and be like, I'm the fucking man. Yeah. Yes. He does. And the the reporter tries to ask more questions and he's just still screaming, having a blast. He doesn't care what the reporter says. Cassius, Cassius, uh, how do you feel about, do you think Oprah Winfrey will ever be uh, important? 
King of the world! I'm the best! My favorite line he says uh, repeatedly a couple times at least is he kept saying, I'm so pretty, I'm pretty, I'm the prettiest thing that ever lived. <laughs> and uh, if you haven't seen pictures of Muhammad, he's a gorgeous man. Yeah, so. he's a handsome man. Oh, yeah. Uh, good for him for, yeah. And he says that a lot in his other interviews and stuff. He talks about how he doesn't have scars from boxing. He doesn't have cauliflower <laughs> ear, whatever it's called. Yeah, cauliflower ear. Yeah, he doesn't have, you know. That's true. It fucks up your face, boxing. Yeah, puffiness. But a lot of high-level boxers don't look that way because yeah. they they don't get hit box correctly <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't get as much yeah so sunny liston the ugly bear he told reporters after the fight that he had to quit because he hurt his shoulder in the first round and that it was a concern if he could even start fighting muhammad dismisses as saying yeah sure now after the fight he's saying he had a hurt shoulder uh, hurt shoulder he's like mm. he didn't tell that to anybody else after the first round he didn't tell no. his own team i thought that yeah yeah, so... That's what Pacquiao said. And excuse. I'm sorry, you just lost. Yeah. It's just yeah. what it is. And even if you got a hurt shoulder, you're boxing. You're going to get a hurt face. You're going to get a hurt, hurt shoulder. It's going to get worse. Yeah, punch better so you don't hurt your own shoulder. Yeah. Idiot. <laughs> or, yeah, angle your body correctly. Yeah. Dick. <laughs> You've lost. That's what it is. A lot of people did believe that Sonny Liston might have thrown the fight due to him being part of the mob and maybe that it was fixed and that Muhammad may not have known about it at all, but that... For betting purposes, making money, the world yeah. champ going down. However, I'd I, buy that. I don't believe that Sonny Liston threw the fight on the first uh, time they fought. Now, Sonny Liston and Muhammad will fight a second time. And it is an overwhelming amount of evidence that Sonny threw the second fight. I don't think he threw this one. I don't think a whole lot of people today think he threw this one. But majority of people in the boxing world think that Sonny he threw th the second fight that they would have later on. But there's a lot of... Uh, ambiguity about the first one. The first one, it's like, it seemed like it was a plausibility because of the scenario. He was part of the mob and all that stuff. Yeah. But there wasn't any evidence that he did. There is a lot, especially because Sonny himself in the second one said he was going to, uh, he, he said he was supposed to get paid for throwing the fight, didn't get paid, and was going to out the mob and tell everybody that oh, wow. they fixed it. And then Sonny died mysteriously from a heroin overdose totally, shortly afterwards. Totally normal. Which was apparently a very popular way for the mob to take out people to make it look like an wow. accidental suicide. I mean, the way you were so, describing it, a lot of people, it sounds like, didn't think that Muhammad would beat Sonny the first time. Yeah. So the mob probably bet on Sonny. Yeah. So that's why the second fight, they're like, you owe us. Yeah. You need to throw this second one. I would believe that, yeah. Yeah. But anyways, so I don't think the first one, this championship title match, uh, I don't think it was fixed. I don't think many people today think that either. So here we come into the point where after the winning, after winning the world champion title, Muhammad calls for a press conference. All right. During this press conference, someone does ask him if it's true that if he is a card carrier of the black Muslims, the nation of Islam. That they don't have cards. I don't know if that was just like a phrasing, because I literally put it in quotes. That's what the guy said. Uh, they, but, yeah. they used to say that about communists, and they're like, we don't have cards. <laughs> it's fucking funny. <laughs> we have business cards? No, we don't, no, we don't have cards. It's silly. It's ridiculous. It's uh, a waste of resources. Muhammad gets upset about this question. I mean, he's not like yelling or anything, but you can tell he's 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 mad. But he does confirm that he is a part of the Nation of Islam. He's mad because he knows it's going to come with some scrutiny from people being like... Yeah judging him further not only are you black eh. but you're also muslim you're also a part of this nation of islam that's my personal muslim. shit fuck you muslim yeah and he, and he tells the worker afterwards the ass that he's like i don't have to be what you people want me to be i can be who i choose i want to be and that's okay yeah and again this is more powerful influence when it comes to the black community that are going like look at this guy telling these white people like 
yeah, I'm not playing your game. I can be mean. That's fine. I don't work for you. Fuck you. Yeah, I'm the world champ. I don't owe you shit. You owe me. You want this title? You fucking come fight me in the ring. I don't care. Yeah. You want to know what my Punch religious beliefs are? You're going to have to knock me out first. Yeah. Eat shit. And, and this is big. It, it actually upsets a lot of people. White, um, some black who are against it. I, because I get it. People That's... tie Christianity with uh, America and patriotism, which is fucking bullshit. But especially during this time frame, this is like, you're turning your back on your country Shut because up. you're not Christian. You're a Muslim? Shut what? up. Yeah. So he actually gets very unpopular, even though he just became the world champ. It's a little bit of a bummer. That's a great standing, though. You want to be the best at something with a group of people mad at you about something else. Yeah. So you can just tell everybody to fuck off. It's it's a bummer because of the whole entire scenario. Some people think the fight was fixed at that time frame. Sure. So they think that it's bogus. Now you got this guy who is saying he's not Christian, but he's a Muslim. And he's already a black guy who's holding the title at this time frame. is not great. It's just, it's shitty because it shouldn't be that way. He should have been able to enjoy this. Yeah. But instead, he starts to become kind of widely hated. Just, okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I, okay. I get it. I get it. White Christians are a very fearful group of people. Yeah. And the nation of Islam is a specific threat to their ethic or their life. Yeah. Philosophy. Well, but, that, yeah. Whatever. Not, not even their, yeah. Yeah, it's not actually, it's just not for their actual threat. Yeah. yeah. I just don't, I just don't like it. I don't like it. Yeah. Well, and so Muhammad decides to just go ahead and steer into it further, and he tells a reporter that he is no longer going to go by the name Cassius Marcellus Clay, and that he is now being going to be called Muhammad Ali. Yeah. And this is a name that was given by the leader of the Nation of Islam, and it is, he, he explains it, Muhammad says that the meaning is, Muhammad is worthy of all praises, and Ali is the meaning of highest, or being of the highest status. You know? Yeah. So it, I also like this because he's kind of already a big talker. So he's like, <laughs> I'm the greatest. Uh, I'm the highest level. Well, it's funny. You know, Malcolm X, obviously his last name is not X. No, yeah, he you, changed it. Yeah. So the a lot of the idea in the nation of Islam of changing your name is to remove your slave name. Exactly. You're, yeah. Yeah. And so Malcolm X goes with, I don't have a last name because I'm becoming a new identity. Muhammad is like, I'm choosing a new name, but I'm still the best. Yeah. No, I'm like the best though. Well, it's funny you say that because- Top best, greatest. Muhammad did briefly change his name to Cassius X, kind of taking the role, that similar stance that Malcolm X did. Sure. But then, yeah, he changes it completely. It was given to him by the leader of the Nation of Islam. Honestly, you can't get better publicity than Muhammad Ali. Right. So, yeah, give him a fucking name like that. Yeah. He's going to love it. He's, and he's going to eat that shit up. Muhammad does tell the reporter, he's like, yeah, because they ask him, why are you changing his, why are you changing your name? He says, because Cassius Clay is my slave name. It was passed down to me yeah. through generations because of a white person pushing it onto my family. Like, yeah. Even though technically the name was given in honor because of somebody who was trying to help free slaves and blah, blah, blah. It's still, hey, you're, you're holding a white person's name. Fuck that. Why? I would imagine, yeah, Clay. So, yeah, fuck, fuck that shit. Yeah, change your name. Be, become a great person. We've mm -hmm. seen it so many times in history now. Redefine yourself. Fine. If you want to be great. Yeah. I have a real identity when I go home. But right now, I am the spirit animal of Matthew McConaughey, and I am killing it. Diarrhea Bob, and I'm proud of it. Diarrhea Bob is killing it. Thanks, buddy. We're oh, my God, we're killing it. I can smell your diarrhea from here. It's, I'm sorry. I, that is a problem. It's the stench of individualism. 
And so you can see that already out of all these other things I was just mentioning that he's kind of becoming hated for now, he's now turning his name into a more Muslim-based name. <laughs> he's getting... He's turning his back on his own family name. I love that, though. When they get mad, you're like, nah, I'm going to go deeper. Yeah. yeah. At that point, he's like, I don't care anymore. Like, Fuck you. Hey, what I? I'm not going to please these people. Fuck them. I don't yeah. owe you shit. Yeah, but this causes a further split even amongst his own fans, even amongst his own black fans who are against the Nation of Islam. So... Mm. His popularity is quite low at this point, even though he just became the world champ. Yeah, he's mouthy. Yeah. It happens. Yeah, like the fans that were following Martin Luther King were like, oh, he's part of the Nation of Islam. That's a bummer. Yuck. Uh, although Martin Luther King stated that he thought that uh, very highly of Muhammad and said that he was a great inspiration, even though that they saw things Hell differently yeah. when it came to trying to achieve the same goals. Mm-hmm. So Martin Luther King had respect for him. They even had exchanged letters back and forth quite a bit and were had some kind of bond, which was interesting and fun to learn about. Hey, man. Yeah, you, you know, go listen to our MLK episode because he is a much uh, more complicated person than you think. Oh, by far. And it's not all sunshine and, and rainbows and, and Jesus imagery. It's a lot of very complicated psychological shit. And I'm sure that he looked at Muhammad and Malcolm X as inspirational figures. I'm sure. I'm certain that... MLK thought about taking the violent route or the mouthy route and went a different way for his own reasons. It's not this sunshiny shit where he's just an inspirational guy. He's inspirational because he chose to what he wanted to do. Yeah. He took a path that would have been a, a hard path to continue it's, on or to even see the, in the, the first place. The hard path. But it was the, probably the right way of going about it. Yeah. The respectful way. That's the thing I, I love just, about MLK is even though he disagrees with the nation of islam and their ways to achieve the goals that you know are similar he still respects those people for what they are exactly for their ability and skills and 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 he was very charismatic i mean that's a great thing about muhammad ali he was not just fun and cheeky but he was intelligent and was able to articulate himself very well and kind of in his poetic way even when he wasn't doing his silly rhymes and stuff he kind of spoke with a flow that you you know, are drawn towards. Yeah. And so MLK, I'm sure, saw that and was like, look at this, like, you know, strong, You can't deny this man. guy. Yeah. yeah. And that, yeah, that's what I don't like is seeing MLK quotes that are about peace and love or or even uh, uh, Bob Marley quotes that are about peace and love. Right. The, the bottom line is if MLK thought that violence would have fixed his scenario, that's what he would have done. Yeah. Bob Marley, as people probably don't know, was a violent man. Was he? Yes. We'll probably do an episode about him at some point. But the thing is that there's a lot more complicated uh, psychology here. And MLK is is respecting that in Muhammad. Like, you're a complicated dude. You get the issues. I get the issues. I get it. Yeah. I'm going to jump off my soapbox (laughs) now. (laughs) Harry! Beer! (laughs) I know your family killed Princess Di. I know it! Idiot. So uh, during this time, some reporters and sports announcers, they continue to use Muhammad's birth name of Cassius. They keep calling him that, and he doesn't like that. It gets him upset, obviously. He yeah, says, my no, name. My name is Muhammad Ali, and uh, he keeps getting after anyone who says otherwise. You can see a few different interviews where he does this. He does eventually not let it bother him, but I can see why at the time where you're like, the fuck is your problem i just told you my name is muhammad ali like yeah why are you being a dick like that's why you're doing it is you're being an asshole your intention yeah yeah you're, you're trying to trigger me it's the same as like when trans people don't get the pronoun they ask for yeah. someone's oh, just being a prick i meant to say this earlier the the, the leader of the nation of islam is elijah muhammad mm-hmm. um surprising that both muhammads are spelled differently when you look at muhammad ali or elijah muhammad yeah it's so. m m u h or m o h 
Yeah, for uh, Muhammad Ali, it's M-U-H. For Elijah Muhammad, it's M-O-H. I don't know which I don't if there's know. any difference or why. Or... I don't know. So as I was saying with the uh, reporters and these guys still calling them Cassius, not Dicks. everyone is, but some are. There's even some fighters who are also calling him that to taunt him. That I get. And this will become a thing. That I'm okay with, actually. Fun. But Muhammad gets further and further into the nation of Islam. He marries his first wife, Sanji Roy. I probably pronouncing her name wrong. I'm sorry. but he... Roy? R-O-I. Yeah. Re- yeah, Roy. Yeah. Sure. So he marries his first wife, Sanji, in 1964. They would divorce only one year later because Sanji refused to adopt the nation of Islam's customs. Sure. Apparently, they have a lot of weird customs that I wouldn't have related to it. Like, women are not supposed to wear a lot of makeup or maybe even any makeup at all. Yeah. Or get the hair all done up. And Sanji was all about that. She was a pretty woman and, yeah, I guess she didn't care about those rules. And they, I think, had other issues as well. Also good for her. Yeah. You be extra, baby. Do whatever you feel like. Fuck. fuck. I don't like anyone telling me to do how I look. Fuck you. You worry about how you look. That's all Mm -hmm. you need to worry about. I know Nation of Islam is very conservative. They're trying to uphold a very honorable position. That's their whole thing. So, yeah, the restrictions they have against women, I get where they're coming from. But also, hey, fuck you. She wants to look good. Yeah. She wants to be extra. She wants to bam. So they don't, they're not married for very long. Muhammad's friend, Malcolm X, had started to begin to pull away from the nation of Islam. As Malcolm X stated that he felt that the nation had gone as far as it could go and was too rigid with its rules. Which is funny because Sanji basically got kicked out and divorced from her husband because of wearing makeup. So Like one month before Malcolm was like, we're, we're going to shift. I think Malcolm also was saying some shit about the leader being like, hey, you've gotten with women out of wedlock and that's against your own rules. Yeah. And the leader did not like that. Elijah Muhammad started to uh, fuck around with some younger girls. Yeah. And Malcolm went to Africa to try and reset right. himself. And when he came and back, he world. was like, I don't think this is the right move yeah and we're going to talk a little bit about this but yeah so malcolm x is kind of starting to speak out against the nation of islam and they started to have some bad blood between each other but malcolm wanted to organize a new group basically a Mm. black nationalism group that would heighten political consciousness of the african-americans and also he wanted to work with other civil rights leaders which he claimed when he left the nation of islam that he actually wanted to work with some other activists but Elijah prevented him from doing so. Yeah. So I don't know if he would have ever worked with MLK particularly, but and I don't. I didn't find anything because I didn't go too much into Malcolm X. That's for that episode. It's coming. Do that. But uh, he might have wanted to work with MLK and was told no. From what I understand, he did. Yeah. Because when what, Malcolm never understood MLK because he was a he was more about like do it now like any need, any means necessary right. Yeah. And when he came back and he had a more spiritual nicer approach almost christian sense he was like i think we could hook up with MLK, okay and that was right when they blasted him and so but yeah we're actually about to kind of talk a little bit about that so due to this muhammad ali and malcolm x actually stopped being friends because the split between malcolm and the nation of islam so uh muhammad is aligning with elijah he is he gets a lot closer to elijah he's kind of like their buddy buddy yeah yeah so Malcolm X would go on his own path to organize new groups, and after spending some time around the world, including Africa, just like you said, he mm. actually went all around Europe and stuff too. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. I knew it was more. I I always framed it as like a Dave Chappelle type of thing. Yeah, where he just goes to Africa to like reset. Yeah, I remember you were saying this in other episodes too. Yeah. yeah. Well, so he does. He goes uh, over to Africa, and he states that 
After seeing Muslims of all colors, from blue-eyed blondes to black-skinned Africans interacting as equals, this mm -hmm. led him to see that Islam could be used as a means to help with racial problems. So he's actually now no longer the whole, like, okay, keep us separated, I, yeah. but equal. He's now like, no, we should come together, kind of like MLK was saying. Yeah, because it, it was like uh, when Richard Pryor went to Africa. Yeah. And I hate to rip him off, but that's one of the bigger things he said in his stand-up is he said he went to Africa and he said, what I didn't see there was any niggers. Yeah. Because he's like, everybody was the same. So when he came home, it was the same kind of thing where he's like, what we need is to talk to each other. Yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's a similar vibe they're picking up. As we said in the MLK episode, Malcolm X uh, apparently made a phone call to Coretta, MLK's wife, and yeah. said that, you know, maybe, maybe MLK is right about some of the stuff <laughs> on his methods, so... So you start to see that Malcolm X kind of the only thing that upsets me about this narrative is that Jesus was like, "Told you," <laughs> upon his cloud not helping. Yeah, I'm like, "Told you." I still think MLK might have been the second coming. So, I don't know. right? He might have been Jesus. I would buy that shit. Yeah. So this kind of thinking with Malcolm X's speeches about trying to unify now more becomes he becomes very popular. He has a lot of people attend his speeches, and this brings higher tension between him and the nation of Islam. Mm. So, yeah, it gets it gets pretty murky, pretty bad, pretty yeah. quick. Yeah, yeah. Nation of Islam starts putting out threats to Malcolm X, personal ones. They send him letters, death threats. They also are creating pamphlets that are showing, like, uh, Malcolm X's head being bouncing just by itself, uh, chopped off, and <laughs> they are... That's lame. Y'all can do better than that. They're just going openly that Malcolm X... If he's going against the nation of Islam and Elijah Muhammad, then he should die. I do and like then, uh, then we should kill him. Malcolm X's response to these pamphlets and these death threats are pretty funny because he ends up taking a photo of himself with a M1 carbine rifle and he's peeking out of his house window. Yeah, and that's the photo he sends back to them, being like, "Come on, maybe I'll fucking kill you." Yeah, like, oh, you want <laughs> you want to come take my head? Yeah, I'm, I'm armed. Come on over. By any means necessary, yeah. I will shut your goddamn mouth. I think we would like Malcolm X too much. Yeah. I think that episode would get very violent. It's another person where I'd hang out with him, but he's too cool. He wouldn't hang out with me. No. That's everybody, I guess. It yeah. sucks. I'm just lame. I, I want to hang out with Amelia Earhart, but she would not deal with me. Yeah. Malcolm X either. Yeah. Yeah, we should do an episode on him. I think we might dig it. Yeah, we're going to need to soon. Yeah. So on February 19th of 1965, Malcolm X went public stating that the Nation of Islam was actively trying to kill him. And two days later, on February 21st, Malcolm X was assassinated by the Nation of Islam members. Blap, blap, blap. Just before he's about to give a speech to about 400 people. Which we should also say is disputed and it could have been the CIA. So I was going to... pass that. I was actually going to state, there are, especially today, with even further investigations of maybe there being some sort of other organization involved. It's murky. The, at the time, they stated that the four people that were involved in the assassination did have ties to the Nation of Islam. Mm. However, that also could be part of the cover-up or whatever, if that was. I lean towards the fact, especially with all the death threats, and the Nation of Islam hated Malcolm X... I would as well, yeah. It's a good chance it could have still been them just as much. It's the same as, yeah, the uh, JFK and MLK assassinations where there's just some murkiness. Yeah. Not they, totally sure. Someone's muddied the waters. Yeah. There's a grassy knoll in every scenario. <laughs> yeah. It, there's always a grassy knoll around your corner. You got to look out. Now, with all the things that have been going on. Harry, guard the grassy knoll. Yeah, with everything that was going on, just as I said, Muhammad's not popular yeah. at this point amongst the public. He's having trouble actually getting fights booked. A lot of cities would not even allow Muhammad to come fight because of his political ties with the Nation of Islam and all the bad publicity that it came with. Yeah. So A lot of shit that's not even his 
fault. And yeah. He's just going to be blamed for it. And and that's why he was upset when someone asked him, because he knew it was going to come to you know having this kind of an issue. Bullshit. So he does eventually get booked a second fight with Sonny. So Sonny's going to come try to come back and take his title. Not going to happen, bitch. Yeah. And the fight keeps getting pushed back and canceled from city to city until finally they're able to book it and set it up for May 25th on 1965. And it's in Lewiston, Maine. And there is a lot of chaos going here because it was found out just recently, as we were talking about, Malcolm X was assassinated by the Nation of Islam. So there's rumors that maybe some of Malcolm X's groups that he had recently created might want to retaliate and kill Muhammad Ali because even if Muhammad wasn't necessarily even known about this assassination on Malcolm X, it had nothing to do with it. He's still kind of now the face of, yes. you know, he's the celebrity face of Nation of Islam. Mm. So you take that guy out and you're making a, a statement, right? You're making a... For sure, yeah. Luckily, nobody shows up, but the idea was that they were going to show up while he was in the ring and shoot Who him. wants to fuck with that guy, though? I get that. Yeah. Although a gun is easy to... Yeah, from, from a sure. crowd, yeah. So no one showed up to shoot him in the ring, luckily. Muhammad wins the fight, and as we were kind of talking about earlier, Mm. this one was most likely fixed. This was the Phantom Punch? Uh, yes. So, it's kind of fun because you can watch this punch, and you have to realize that today's technology makes it kind of, it clears the air really quick. But back then, there was ambiguity. I'm gonna watch it. Yeah. So, what happens is they go multiple rounds fighting, and Sonny loses by TKO because he goes in, and... It's hard to see from the angle. Oh, you're good. Are you watching the slow motion version? No, it's just like a 20 second version. Okay, watch the normal one because that's what everybody else saw. Okay, so this is the normal speed. It's quick. So it's super fast and I don't even see him. I see him swing, but the way that Sonny falls. Now watch the slow-mo version. You can clear it. You can tell it clearly lands and it actually looks like it's pretty hard. It's weird. I think the you hit the right spot of the face. It seems the right like the pressure. The main problem is that the camera is on the right the behind, wrong side. Yeah, it's right behind Sonny, so you don't see his fists very easily come up and hit. But yeah, so this is the Phantom Punch. Sonny w- was going in, and people said that they couldn't even see. Okay, Muhammad. you can see it in slow he motion hits. for he sure. Hits. You really can. But we have it. A still looks like higher quality and and slow down speed. For, it still looks like it shouldn't. Make as big of an impact of it as it does, but he's also a—he's a professional boxer. Yeah. So, matter of fact, Muhammad goes into detail about the Phantom Punch, saying that it's called the—ooh, uh, I can't remember what he calls it. He calls it the like the screwdriver or something like that, where you oof. punch and twist at the same time. Yeah, no, it, it is weird. If you watch it in regular speed... It looks almost like nothing happened. It looks like he missed him, yeah. and Sonny dived, but if you watch it in slow motion, yeah, he definitely smacked him right in the fucking jaw. Now, and it's, it's that drop jaw... Uh, hit. Yeah. And here's here's my take on it. Sonny was throwing the fight in my opinion and he actually got hit there and it was actually a decent blow and this was his time to be like that's it. This is where I can then But he chose like I'm going to call it. I can throw it right? But unfortunately what he didn't realize was that because of the angle and how fast the punch was because it's quick. When you watch it normal it almost it's a blink of an eye. Yeah. And he punches him everybody else is like that. he didn't even hit him. Did he even hit him? Even if he hit him it it didn't look that hard. Right? He pinched his so little he cheeks. chose the wrong time to throw to make it look legit, even though he actually got hit probably pretty hard. And like hard enough to go down. Dude, it's so funny watching an interview with Muhammad much later on talking about it, and it's so funny. He's like, here's what I think happened. This is why everyone talks about the Phantom Punch, is that the punch was so fast, it happens in a blink of an eye, and everybody in the audience 
blinked at that time. And then like everyone starts laughing because thanks everybody. Yeah, why thanks, would everybody Muhammad. blink at the same time? It's like you gotta you gotta <coughs> open your eyes like this and wide and keep your fingers to help them open and don't don't blink. Yeah, th- thanks, Muhammad. And you'll That's, see it. Yes, but he's goofy about you it. He doesn't fuck. care that other people are like the uh, it's fixed. Well, what does he care? He knocked him out oh, yeah. because he knows he did make contact and he knows the motherfucker fell. So if he's like, well, if he chose to just call it after that point, that's his fucking. That's what he did last time too. Yeah. That's, Fuck him. That's his. But anyways, nonetheless, it probably was fixed. Sonny chose a bad time to do it to make it fixed. Not in look. that, Sonny was gonna drop. He was gonna throw the fight. Right, and he he just chose that moment. And then he didn't get paid for it. And then when he went to go tell or say threaten, he was gonna tell. He got murdered for it, probably. Don't fuck with the mob. Yeah, they just don't. Yeah. Don't tell the mob you're gonna go tell on them. <laughs> like, yeah, that's the that's last a silly thing. thing to do. Yeah. <laughs> But the Phantom Punch, if you want to go look it up, I highly recommend watching it normal version and then watching the high def slow yes. motion because it's that's what there's I, a difference. I literally just did, and I got both perspectives because it's re- it's really the camera angle. Yeah, the camera makes a shit to see, and in real time, and fast. It makes no sense. Punch is so quick. You need to get uh, just YouTube that. Yeah, the slow down version, and they they uh, zoom in a little bit, and you can it, there's definite contact. Oh yeah, Muhammad Ali then goes into another fight against Floyd Patterson in 1965. Okay, this fight is a little bit funny. Mm. So, Floyd Patterson was very outspoken against Muhammad and was using his he was using patriotism as a tool to try to ramp up the fight. So he's probably also trying to promote and stuff. Uh, America! And so he stated that a black Muslim should not own the world heavyweight title. And Floyd Patterson is black as well. Mm. And so he's saying, yeah, a black Muslim shouldn't have the title. And that he was going to bring it back to America. And that's how he worded it. I'm bringing the title back to America. So he's shunning out. He's going along with how everybody else feels about Muhammad. Being like, he's not American. Let's make America great again. Yeah. I think that, yeah, I get that. Floyd also sure. refused to call Muhammad Muhammad. That's rude. He calls him Cassius. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, yeah. he makes a big point of saying that. And Muhammad, when they're doing interviews and talking to each other, he's like, you're going to say my name. Like, I'm not Cassius, I'm Muhammad. And he says, no, I'm not going to say your name. So Muhammad says, you can say my name now or you can say it in the ring after I beat the shit out of you. Fuck yes. And he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm, you're never going to be Muhammad to me. You're always going to be Cassius. And I'm going to tell you, this fight is so one-sided, it is insane. I, I can't explain to you how one-sided this is. <laughs> Floyd, Floyd doesn't have shit. Out of all the fights that he might have done, this might have been the most one fight. Yeah, Fuck. Muhammad fucks him up. Fuck yes. And, uh, you know, he's got some... He's got a little bit of some spice to his fight because of... You're going to say my name yeah. correctly, or I'm going to break all the teeth out of your mouth so you can't say any name ever again. Yeah. How about that? And Muhammad, you know, he says some stuff before the fight gets started. He calls uh, Floyd a Uncle Tom. If you don't know what this phrase means, uh, is a it's a slur. It's a black man who is considered to be excessively obedient to white people and betrays his own culture yeah. and social allegiance. Essentially, it's someone who is, they're calling them passive. Um, Complac- you know, complacent. Complacent. That's complicit. a good word. Yeah. To, yeah. To, the whole, like, yes, sir, yes, you know. Yeah. It, it's a mean thing to say. It's a very offensive thing to say to somebody. It's based off the novel Uncle Tom's Cabin. and By Harriet uh, Beecher Stowe, yeah. Yeah, and, the, and the, there's a character in there that's very complicit into being the slave role. Yeah. So, yeah. 
think it's although I, if I remember right, because I haven't read the book, but I read the synopsis of it. Uncle Tom gets beat to death because he won't actually give up the <sighs> runaway slaves who ran away. Exactly. He knew who it was and stuff, but he wouldn't give up where they went. It's a very powerful symbol, and uh, we talk about it in the Harriet Tubman episode. Check it out. Yeah. So yeah, he calls him an Uncle Tom. It's a. It's a it's a pretty mean thing to say to somebody. I don't think you should call it. Oh, my God. It does seem to be kind of more I of a, even th- a thing a black person called another black person. I don't think I've ever heard a white person call it because it seems kind of a, it would have no, a weird thing to say. It would have no power if a white person a white, yeah. said it, yeah. I, I uh, am involved in a lot of black media. Not involved. I absorb a lot of black media. Yeah. I'm very into hip-hop. I'm very into uh, the NBA. You're so, practically black. <laughs> I never... No. That's... No. I'm sorry. The, I, th- I had to poke a little fun at you. I apologize. That is a that is a slur that has been thrown at me that I I vomit at. Yeah, I have. Yeah, it's not it's, it's it's not a nice thing to say. But what I was actually saying is, yeah, I, I you know a lot of podcasts, a lot of videos, a lot of movies, and uh, black people don't call each other Uncle Tom because that is probably the most offensive thing you could say, even now. Anyways, now you know what that means. If you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think our stupid rambling uh, helped inform you. Yeah, you I go. hope not. Actually, I hope you already knew all that shit. Uh, as two white guys <laughs> who don't know anything, fucking are stupid as shit. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, Muhammad. They go into the fight with. He goes in the fight with Floyd, and uh, he fucks up Floyd. It is so bad. Yes. And Muhammad does not want a quick knockout. He wants to humiliate. He wants to mock him. And he's talking to him in the ring. He's talking to him over and over. And Muhammad will later tell everybody what he was saying. He got a shit talk. And what he was saying to him was, say my name. <laughs> say my name. And Floyd was saying, Cassius. Your name's Cassius. And he's like, so. And the way Muhammad talks about it, he's like, so I punched him a bunch of times. And I said, say my name. And then he goes, your name's Cassius. And he's like, so I punched him even harder. Oh, God, And then dude. finally I said, what's my name? And he said, you're Muhammad. <laughs> Fuck yes. Got him. He made him say that his name was Muhammad. Did he call it after he said that? It's like, Muhammad, I'm done. <laughs> he he TKO'd on the yes. 12th round. But a, a lot of people said that this fight was so brutal because... He's mocking him, of course, and he's for the reason that you know he he didn't call him Muhammad. He's disrespecting the yeah man. There's levels to that. Yeah, yeah. So he beat him so bad. One of the New York Times reporters at the time said it was like watching someone pulling the wings off of a butterfly slowly. (laughs) And a lot of people mentioned like how he'd beat on him really hard, then he would step back and kind of just look at his handiwork that he just did to the guy's face, and then he'd go right back in and start beating him. It was a bad, bad beat. I mean, it, it. Okay, yeah, it's gross. Excessive violence is gross, but they're boxing. I mean, that's the thing is that you get in a ring to punch people. It means that that Muhammad has been capable of this the whole time and chose not to use it. He's, He's always been capable of beating yeah. someone to death, like Sonny Liston. But instead, was like, I'm gonna play it out. I'm gonna give him seven rounds. I'm gonna knock him out. I'm gonna I'm gonna play with this fucker. Yeah, and then when the dude disrespects him, he's like. We're going 12 rounds, and I'm going to beat you to death. And, you know, the other guy could have called it if it was too much at any time. He could have thrown the towel. But he, yeah, good for him. He for, tried to he continue wa- the fight. He wanted to uphold it, but no. Nah. He's brain dead now, right? He's dead. No, I don't, I don't think he's brain dead. He's probably fucked up for a brain whole, is little while after mashed that. Mashed potatoes. Yeah. He, he just laid in a hospital bed for 12 weeks going, Muhammad. I, and Muhammad, there's something about, Muhammad. I just think that's like. Muhammad, stop, stop. Stop, Muhammad. There's so- Stop. <laughs> Your name is Muhammad. I said it already. All right. I said, I said, Muhammad. No. 
There and there's something just funny about the story in general that like you can't get someone to do what you want and then you're in a boxing ring where that's what you're doing is you're fighting and yeah. you beat them so bad that you, they still don't have to say it. You're still gonna get beat either way. But he beat him so bad that he's like, okay, yeah, yeah okay, Muhammad. Yes, I'm sorry. Jesus, Cassius earlier. Christ, make a man regret something that he said. That's a big deal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, Dabbler. So this is gonna be a two-part episode. So here is the end of part one. Make sure you go check out part two. And Pow! Give it to you right away. Big, big episode. Big topic. Muhammad is no fucking joke. Yeah. He's going to punch everybody to death. Punch the lights out. And he's going to do it in part one, which you heard, and then he's going to do it in part two as well. And we're going to release this the same day as part one because we don't dick with you and give you like a week or two. We love you, dabblers. 